Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What's up, everybody? This is Scott Yeager here with another edition of Challenge Mania. This episode is brought to you by both Poshmark and Quip. Get Quip. It is one of our favorite new products here. It's an electric toothbrush that I love it. D loves it. Go to getquip.com slash mania. And Poshmark, you know you can get everybody's stuff is for sale on Poshmark, including some challengers selling their old challenge gear over there. Get the Poshmark app. Use the code CHALLENGEMANIA for $5 off your first purchase. But you didn't come for me. You came for D. D's making his Christmas list already, and he is begging for some leggings. Mr. Derek Kaczynski, what's up, dude? I have no idea what you're talking about of leggings. If they're like wrestling leggings like they had on WrestleMania last night, um, you know, I might know what you're talking about. I, I particularly liked, you know, what uh, what's in dude from Guardians of the Galaxy Batista was wearing. He had some like Nikes on, some shin guards. Um, who else? Your boy like Seth Rollins like dressed in all black and stuff like that. I think uh, they're a little bit more creative than just, like, the leggings. Is that what you're talking about? Well, see, I thought we were calling these yoga pants, but apparently they're leggings, and apparently something went down yesterday. I'm at WrestleMania, and my phone's blowing up. People want to know if I know about the latest online controversy. And uh, someone put it very nicely. Don't call me Shirley said, this summarizes it. Marie wore leggings. Kayla wore leggings, Car Maria wore leggings. Everyone hates each other, so now only Car Maria wears leggings. I guess there's some leggings company that went into business with Marie and, and Kayla, did them kind of dirty. Now they're working with Cara, and Cara's got all these receipts and screenshots between Kayla and, and Marie uh, and the leggings company, and the leggings company is out there posting screen grabs, and nope, no, no offense to anyone involved, but coming off very unprofessionally. So without taking any sides in this whole deal, because we were not going to do that because we have a podcast to get to, but uh, whatever company this is looking kind of messy, getting in the mud with these people who clearly are getting in the mud with each other on a weekly basis and not a great look for you or your product. I'll just say that. So, but I, what I do don't you mean? know here you are promoting their leggings. What are you talking about? What if they're cool, cool leggings? Bro? I haven't said what the brand. I haven't said the brand once. Have I? Oh. No, I haven't. That is one big pile of shit. Doesn't matter. Go find them. They're probably good because they're all wearing them. So no, they got to be all wearing them because they're telling them they're going to pay them if they wear them. They have a coupon code just like us. And then not to say we don't like our sponsors because they send us the stuff and we dig them too, but there's money involved. And then apparently some of these cats aren't even getting paid for it. So apparently they didn't even get paid for their, uh, for their leggings. So now yeah, they're I... begging for a paycheck, not even a, a legging. 
Can we just get rid of the screenshots um, and let's move on to your wrestling experience? It's not even safe to have a text conversation with a business partner anymore because that business partner might go put you on blast on Twitter. These are people who are supposed to be like serious sponsors and companies and brands. And even they will start screen grabbing and receipting your ass. So. God, what a crazy, weird, awful world we live in nowadays where you could have like a branding partnership with a legging company and they're going into business for themselves on Twitter and airing their dirty laundry and posting screen grabs and talking about, oh, you told us not to put this person on and this and that. I mean, it's just so gross. Yeah, uh, this is just, look, this is this stressing out. This one, I'm at WrestleMania trying to enjoy WrestleMania. Yeah. People want me to talk about that. I'm like, I'll get to it tomorrow. And I think I got the gist of it. I texted Kayla. I was like, hey, can you give me some more info on this? Because I just want to make sure I have it correct. She hasn't gotten back to me yet. So I kind of went through and read some 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 threads. But you got you see, like, this brand is getting into back and forths with, like, you know, challenge fans and other podcasters and this and that. And it's just so gross. It's like, how about just, like, hey, here's a 10% off coupon. We enjoy your business. Thank you very much. These people are, like, going back and forth. You would say that. You're a fan of her. Blah, 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 blah. It's like, who is running this company? <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I, sorry. This, listen, this, this is stressing me out so much. I wish they would just bring wrestling buddies back that I that I got to snuggle. They're not gonna be sponsoring this podcast, and then, baby. And then, then powerbomb when I'm when I'm when I'm so fired up from watching a WWE event or WWF event back then that I could just powerbomb straight through hell, Scott. This might call for a little bit of Randy Savage. Yeah, yeah, you got wandering eyes. Yeah, get your legging business out of here. You know who's not you know who's not wearing those leggings anytime soon, Kaczynski? Elizabeth! Yeah, let's um let's talk about your little WrestleMania experience. That was your first time there. I watched a little bit at the last second. I tuned in to watch the Mike the Maze, Batista, who you said is 50 years old. Um Batista fought Triple H, Mike the Miz fought Shane McMahon. Um, and what was the other one that I really enjoyed? Well, Brock Lesnar. Um Brock Lesnar fought for Seth who Rollins. Fight? Seth Rollins for a title, right? In the opener. I'm not, I'm not as in tune with WrestleMania and like the week that you got to experience this week. Cause you're saying that it is like uh, WrestleMania is like the craziest, you know, New York city event of the well, year. It's not just New York city. I mean, it happened to be in New York city this year. Last year it was in New Orleans. Next year it's in Tampa. They alternate the city. So the last time they were here was like WrestleMania 29. So for me, why I'm tuning back in is because obviously, you know, I'm really excited to what like Mike the Miz is is, is bringing to the table because I've I've known him and had a friendship with him, and you know I just saw him at SmackDown Live a couple a couple uh, months ago. Um, I wanted to tune in and see what this is. Why I, start, I just started watching um, Miz and the Misses on Tuesday nights on a USA Network just to kind of tune in and see, you know, how much how far he's come and he's evolved and how cool he still is as a person. I, my, my little dude was wearing uh, a signed Mike, the Miz t-shirt that he handed to him um, after SmackDown live. Ironically, we got a, a money in the bank, uh, a suitcase, um, and, which is the next event, May 19th. Uh, so now we're in this WWE network. My son's 10. I'm this big dork from way back when, and the Hart Foundation is is going into the Hall of Fame. Uh, the Harlem Heat's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, D-Generation X came out. Like, this is what I grew up on. My kid's asking me what the NWO was. I'm like, that's another day. It's for another day. It's one of the, the coolest wrestling eras that I'd ever experienced in my child, teens, childhood and teens. Um, so this is exciting to me. You're there. You're, like, you know, geeking out about this stuff more than I am. But 
I'm sort of rekindling my relationship with uh, wrestling and, 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 and I'm doing that with my son. So I thought that was pretty cool to see you do it over there. And also I'm seeing like Sean Merriman call out, like call out, what's his name? Uh, uh, Batista. Batista, who is like our dude from guardians of the galaxy, uh, you know, for a street fighter, a boxing match or something like that. Uh, turns out that Bobby Lashley walk comes in and says, actually, nah, man, Sean Merriman, you don't want to fight. Uh, you don't want to fight Batista. He's like got an acting career, a movie career. Like he, he's not ready to fight, but he's like, I'll take the fight. So I don't know what happened. I, I, I well, don't I'll really be honest. understand. Batista is, Batista is like 51 years old. Bobby Lashley is only how old is Bobby Lashley? Uh, he's uh, 42. a house. Bobby Lashley's 42. I mean, Bobby Lashley looks like a million bucks. Uh, but yeah, to answer your question about uh, what, how the week was, I mean, my wife is an absolute champion and a superhero, and she, you know, took great care of our son and let me go not to one, not to two, but to three wrestling-related events this past week. Thursday night, I went to the WrestleCon Super Show, and uh, which had uh, some appearances by Ric Flair, who you know, and uh, Road Warrior Animal. There was a six-man tag that was had one team was X Pac, the Hurricane, and Jushin Thunder Liger, and uh, it was sort of a mixture of like nostalgic and it's 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 a smaller show. It's in the the ballroom at the Hilton, but it's still a few thousand people. But um, you know, it's a mixture of nostalgia like that stuff, and then also some really good matches from some of the uh, wrestlers on the independents. The main event was this guy Will Osprey, who's this British wrestler who is unbelievable. He's like the he's if you've ever seen Ricochet in the WWE, he's like very close to Ricochet, if not as good as Ricochet when it comes to the aerial athletics and stuff. He wrestled a guy. Guy named Bandito, who's this up and coming luchador, and they had like a five star match. That was my Thursday night. Friday, or not Friday, I should say Saturday. Uh, shouts to Jared, Challenge Maniac, w- uh, invited me to come down to MSG for the New Japan Pro Wrestling slash Ring of Honor G1 Supercard. It was a six-hour show live on pay-per-view. These two companies sold it. They combined their forces. They sold out Madison Square Garden on WrestleMania weekend, and it was a mixture of Japanese talent and talent from all across the world. But that was awesome. Uh, cool to hang out with Jared, who's also a Challenge Mania patron, by the way. Th- shouts to him. It was an awesome experience at MSG. Lindsay was nice enough to be cool with me leaving the house for what seemed like six, seven hours to do that. And then on Sunday, I went to MetLife Stadium out in Jersey for somehow, some way, a show that was even longer than the one at MSG. Seven and a half hours, D, was WrestleMania yesterday. Started five, ended the next day at 1230 and uh, that was cool. WrestleMania is all more about kind of the spectacle of it, the pyro, the flyovers, you know, the the entrances. And you get one or two really solid matches in there, but it's really about just celebrating wrestling and taking in the whole ordeal, especially, I mean, these stadiums are so big, sold out over 80,000 people. And you're looking around and you're like, anyone who tells you wrestling isn't cool or wrestling isn't still relevant. I mean, you look out at that and you're just like, this is wrestling at its highest point is what you're seeing once a year at WrestleMania. So that's cool. It's cool to be there. But the best matches I saw this this week you know Kofi and Daniel Bryan is probably the highlight of Wrestlemania from a match standpoint but that Bandito and Will Ospreay match on Thursday and then a 
couple of the matches on Saturday, Okada and Jay White. I mean, people listening to this, and I might as well be speaking Greek. But, um, yeah, you're speaking you know, Greek to me, too. Regardless, it was a great yeah. week here in New York. It's still going. They got Raw tonight, SmackDown tomorrow. Access is still going today. If you're still in New York City, check out that stuff. I am done for the week. I am tapping out, as they say. Um, oh, yeah, tapping out, baby. But it was it was, it was was a good uh, – that's a mixture of my Randy Savage and my Dusty Rhodes. Uh, it, was, it was a great week, and I want to thank my wife, and I want to thank my son for being great with her while I was gone. And now I'm back on daddy duty. But, yeah, WrestleMania was cool, and now we're, it's back into the challenge world. It's funny. I, was, I joked. I was like, you know, I, I, I kind of took a few days off of kind of really diving into the challenge stuff because I was, you know, really into the wrestling this week. And it uh, looks like I picked a good couple days to take off because as we get to with Paulie in this interview, the online challenge world these days is just kind of not a fun space to live in. You know, it's kind of become an awkward space. You never know what you're going to. I mean, you know, sometimes, you know, I'll just throw out a tweet that's meant to a tweak, a tweet that's meant to just be a joke or this or that. And it gets interpreted one way. You got people going back and forth. It's a war zone out there, D. I guess that word is appropriate considering we are in the midst of War of the Worlds. And over at Patreon.com slash Challenge Media, we are in the midst of the war room. Yeah. And, and just from a viewer's perspective on this whole WrestleMania thing, you know, you, the, the one thought that always came to my mind and growing up and everybody knows is, 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 is wrestling fake, you know? And, uh, you know, uh, we do a lot of comparisons with, uh, you know, UFC, WWE, um, and, and the challenge, the challenge world challenge universe. Um, and, and, you know, I watched Mike, the Miz and I watched that Batista fight. Um, and, and, and I watched a little bit of that Brock Lesnar. I mean, these guys are older, like I'm getting older. Like, I can't imagine doing one match like Mike the Miz did and like Batista did and not think that I'm going to be absolutely like, like, I'm not going to work out. I'm not, I'm not doing anything for like a a month just to let my body just like heal from all that. So I I, want to know how long it's going to take Mike the Miz to get back into like another match. You know what I mean? Like, uh, maybe, you know, maybe it's not a month, but. You know, I think Batista retired from that match. Like, that's it. It's the last time Kurt Angle at, like, 50 years old is doing, like, backflips. I'm like, oh, my. He may be older than that, you know? Um, so I just got to give them a lot of props, man. I, I feel like I feel like I, I dropped the ball on my WWE fandom uh, of the past couple of years. But seeing, like, all the old guys come back, you know, just much like the challenge. It's like. You see some of the older guys come back and get a little spark. I saw Brett the Hitman Hart. I was like, yeah, dude, I'm watching. Honky Tonk Man was out there. I was like, yeah, dude, I'm going to watch this. You know, that's what brought me back. Andre the Giant, I was like, he's dead. But you're going to do a match for him? I'm coming back just to watch that. Hulk Hogan opened up. Yeah, Hogan. Hogan. Hogan comes out, and he. You missed this, and probably it went way over your head because you don't understand this. But a few years yeah, ago at WrestleMania in the silver in the Superdome, he came out, and he by by accident said Silverdome, which was the- Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. The old Detroit Stadium, that's where WrestleMania 3 was. That's where he slammed Andre the Giant. He came out and he was like, all right, brother, it's great to be here in the Silver Dome. And it just got kind of awkward. People started booing. And then someone kind of told him, or he figured it out. He was like, I mean the Superdome. And then they kind of made fun of that. And that's kind of been a running joke ever since. So he comes out trying to play on that joke. And calls MetLife Stadium the, the Silver Dome, but then actually goes, I'm just kidding. It is great to be here in the MetLife Center, brother. And he, and he actually did get the stadium wrong. So it, it's just hysterical. I texted our, our good friend Jeanette, who's uh, worked closely with the Hulk, and I said, did he really just do that? And she's like, yeah, we're going to give him a little bit of shit for that. So Whatever. Hulk Hogan going to be getting dude. shit for that. Uh, good it, to know was, he has nothing else to get shit for these days. But what was he? Was, was he getting booed or was he getting like cheered? Like no, he was mainly cheered. And yeah. uh, that was uh, yeah. It depends on the crowd. And a smaller arena type crowd, you maybe would would have heard some booze in there. But at, at a big stadium, WrestleMania, the positivity level is up. A lot of kids there. You're gonna you're gonna get a, a good reaction to Hulk. I think that's what they were going for. So yeah. Um, let's put the wrestling behind us, uh, D, and move on to the challenge. And um, that was you know like I said, a fun weekend. Thanks to everybody who said, and thanks to to Jared as I mentioned. People wonder why do you why do you bring up wrestling on the podcast so much? A, it's fun. B, sometimes the analogies. To apply and see podcast listener uh, who knew I was a wrestling fan because of how often we talk about it invited me down to the supercard on Saturday so uh, glad that that dude was able if to work you out. look at if you look at the challenge man it's very you know the the heroes the villains um uh, you know you stick around long enough to be the heel talk like that all stems from WWF I feel like you know and it's like like I I hope that the challenge universe can someday be just like the WWE universe, you know, where you have your own network. Cause you can essentially do that. You can have like a, a Pauly live stream, then a Cara live stream, then a cam live stream, then a whoever live stream, you know, you can just do that all day long. People do it anyway. I don't know how this, how this would work, but, but you could definitely have an MTV streaming service where I'm sure you get thousands of people to pay Five ninety nine a month, fifteen ninety nine a month to be able to watch every single episode ever of the Real World Road Rules, the Challenge. Maybe throw in Beavis and Butthead and some other nostalgic no, MTV challenge shows. Challenge Mania. Then you got Challenge Mania doing like you know the next day commentary like it's ESPN. Yes. Come on, I'm the with after it. show. That's us. I'm all with it. Uh, so speaking of Patreon.com/slash Challenge Mania, where we do the War Room every week over there on Wednesdays after the show, where you can ask us questions about that week's. episode episode this week we will be joined by melinda collins ladies and gentlemen she is finally able to join us on the show that's going to be really fun always great to get her perspective on the war of the worlds want to announce some new patrons that we've had sign up since the last taping of our podcast we've got christine bishop taylor presley robert mensch what a mensch welcome to the patronage the pod squad as we call you guys walid abarain Alexis Fenno, D'Angelo Barrett, Matt Vanderhulst, Lynette, Logan Hedrick. Logan Hedrick is uh, from, obviously, the Rotten Bananas podcast. I'm pretty sure he signed up so he could read the comments and questions that were coming in for our WrestleMania preview podcast we did last week. 
I spared D because as D said, he doesn't watch wrestling every week, although he does have an appreciation for it. So I brought in Logan from Rotten Bananas. I also brought in Alan Aguirre. I also brought in Jake from the Smashing Heads podcast. And we did a two hour extravaganza there previewing WrestleMania. Of course, that podcast is now officially outdated. But thanks to those guys. Check out their podcast. They cover the challenge as well. Drew Stone, Barkley. I hope that's not Charles Barkley because, you know, he's a little bit upset after what happened to Auburn. Chris Hagen, Judy Chaveri, Jared Walker, Jamie Ingersky, Robert Stewart, Sherry DeVito, Sean Allen, Colleen Weinstein, Sarah Starr. You are a star, my friend. Mara Nagler, Nina Madsen, Andrea Sanchez, and Sammy, our newest patron over at Challenge Mania's Patreon. Patreon.com slash Challenge Mania. Welcome to the pod squad that's not bad for a week d thank you guys so much we appreciate thank you, guys. you welcome to the squad um so let's get to our guest i mean we put up a poll we asked every person who's ever listened to challenge mania who do you want to hear on challenge mania the most and edging out coral edging out laurel edging out timmy beggy with a hundred percent of the vote ladies and gentlemen was our guest today paulie calfiori so joining us today and i'm sure to the uh to the positive, and I'm just kidding, guys. We know that he's a very polarizing guest. He's a very polarizing cast member. And we do know that some of his past appearances on this show have been, I don't know, for lack of a better phrasing, littered with F-bombs, um, kind of filled with a toxic masculinity of sorts. But I implore you guys to give this one a shot. It's a, a new Paulie. I think Paulie knew some of the negative feedback that came in on some of those past episodes. And I really do think this is a good one. Get a lot of insight on the final reckoning, a lot of insight on war of the worlds and a lot of insight on the mindset of like it or not. One of the most relevant challenge competitors out there right now, D. Yeah. If you're looking at it now, it sounds like Paulie and turbo versus Hunter and Wes. For the Challenge Tag Team Championship. Something like that. <laughs> Coming down the aisle, Paulie Calafiore. Guys, if you want to let him know on Twitter, at Paul Calafiore, not Paulie, at Paul Calafiore. So distinguished, underscore, at Paul Calafiore, underscore. Let him know you heard him on Challenge Mania. I'm at Shot of Jaeger. I'm at Scott of Jaeger on Instagram. On all platforms, luckily enough, is at Derek MTV for D. And on Facebook, facebook.com slash Challenge Mania Podcast. Guys, we're constantly doing giveaways, sticker giveaways. We're giving away free stuff, so make sure you're following us on all channels. Make sure you're using hashtag Challenge Mania. Make sure you're on Facebook. We do contests over there, too. We also do contests almost weekly over at patreon.com slash Challenge Mania. So if you want the best chance at winning swag, that's the way to do it. We're going to find out tonight who won our March Madness contest. They will be I believe our next guest on Meet the Patrons, but also coming up on Meet the Patrons soon is Danielle Robitaille, quote gal. She'll be our next guest. If you're a patron, you're always in the running to be on Meet the Patrons, a bonus podcast series where we interview one of you. Here's another way you can win some Challenge Mania swag coming up. And it's not just Challenge Mania swag, because I'm going to throw some Game of Thrones swag in there, too. That's right. I've, I've acquired over the past few years some Game of Thrones stuff that will be involved in this package. So you'll win some Challenge Mania stuff. you win some stickers, all that good stuff. And you will win some Game of Thrones items as well. Because, D, I don't know if you know this. I'm Actually, I'm positive you know this. This Sunday, April 14th, the day before my lovely wife's birthday, Game of Thrones is back for the final six episodes of the season. And so we are going to put it out there. I want a Game of Thrones slash Challenge Mania slash The Challenge Photoshop contest beginning today. You have all week. We'll, we'll pick a winner after the episode next week. 
All week, we will pick one winner to win the Game of Thrones-themed swag pack here. And uh, you can do anything you want. It can be challengers. It can be me. It can be D. The only tie-in has to be, it has to involve Game of Thrones. If you don't, if you're not good at uh, Photoshop, we will accept other submissions as well. So if you want to come up with some sort of a song for TR Hell, you can do that too. But whatever the best submission is, Game of Thrones-related, Give me a Game of Thrones theme to it. We often compare episodes of the show to the Red Wedding. We compare cast members to cast members or characters from that show. Bring it. Okay? If you know nothing, like Jon Snow, sit this one out. But if you know everything about Westeros and the lovely world that George R. R. Martin created, get in this contest. I'm telling you, this will be the best swag pack prize pack we have ever given out. I want, I want one. Well, you're not getting it because the winner of this is getting it. And I know you suck at Photoshop, so... It's not for you. It's not for one. me. I'm jealous. I'm, I'm actually, it pains me wanna, to be putting this stuff in the mail and not keeping wanna, it myself. I want my old Legion of Doom fucking wrestling buddies. Oh, there's another contest. Good thing it hasn't started yet. Yeah. Well, we did get, I think uh, Chico Spears by default wins the wrestling Photoshop contest from next week. And remember, guys, if you do have the, mu- the musical stylings and you want to get us a song parody, TR Hell, we will play them on the show, uh, barring any sort of reason not to. But uh, those couple submissions that have come in so far were very fun. So keep those coming. We've had a great time with them. All right. Should we get to Pauly Calfiori? Yes, please. All right, here we go. Our guest. Appreciate it. Here we go. Pauly Calfiori. gentlemen back on the show you guys asked for it we took a poll we asked every single challenge maniac who they wanted to hear on the show and 100 of you said this man on the line love him or hate him he is whooping ass on the war of the worlds and we talked a little bit off air we have promised you guys we're going to try to scale the f-bombs back by about seven to nine percent we can guarantee you that <laughs> ladies and gentlemen straight from new jersey mr paulie calfiori is back on the phone with us how are you brother oh good to be back boys how we doing uh not not too bad not too bad uh we we were talking about the f-bombs speaking of f-bombs right before uh we started recording and i too feel like i have a problem with the f-word um we both like it too much so we're gonna have a competition here if we can whoever whoever says less f-bombs wins a prize pack from scott yes wins a game of thrones themed uh prize pack (laughs) That's it. As soon as as soon as Scott has a child, the first thing we do is hit him up for free stuff. <laughs> there you go, um, Paulie. It's a pleasure to talk to you. What ended up happening was, you know, kind of un, unfortunate timing is that you had this great season, this comeback season on the final reckoning where you spent the majority of the house in redemption, where we had you on towards the beginning of that season. And everyone's like, why are you having this guy on? He's in redemption house. Then flash forward to the end of the season. You guys come up a hair short of winning the whole thing. We don't get to have you on there. Cause you go back and you film this season that we're watching now war of the worlds. Then there was a little bit of off season stuff between you and Carl. We did try to have you on, but we felt like timing was a little off there. So we sort of missed out on, 
on getting to kind of do a postmortem for Final Reckoning. And now here you are just kicking butt every single episode here. It seems like you're in the tribunal with Ninja. So now here we are, beginning of April, springtime. There are flowers in the air. It smells great. The weather's better here in New York City. WrestleMania is oh, behind man. us. So I couldn't. I, I can't think of a better week to have you on the show to kind of put all this in perspective with you. So thanks for joining us. No, I appreciate that, Scott. Uh, and by the way, WrestleMania was awesome last night. I, my, my buddy had it recorded, so we started watching it, but I, I got too tired. And I'm like, I got to be I got to be fresh for this Challenge Mania podcast in the morning. And I have to be extra awake to make sure that I focus on not saying the F word. What a champion. He's already <laughs> won in my book, Scott. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, man. Every single person who watched that WrestleMania, either there like I was or on their television, was tired at the end of that because it was a seven-and-a-half-hour show, I believe, was what it was clocked wow. at. Yeah, it started at 5, and it got ended at uh, 12.30 a.m., and then there's the commute home from your great state of New Jersey. So let's, D, if it's okay with you, I like to back all the way up to Final Reckoning because I think what happens sometimes with our schedule here on Challenge Mania is, you know, these guys who go back on the show, we don't get to talk to them right after the season, and then it, it kind of gets lost in the shuffle. And if we had had them on in, say, December, we would have unpacked the finale. We would have unpacked this whole them bringing the Big Brother game over to this final and uh, doing the negotiation where then they go back on their word, costing Joss and Sylvia this final. So I kind of want to go back to that if it's okay with you, D, and then we can move right into present day. Well, well, well I love it because I, I have a, a big question about the, that that finale for him. And I don't know if you want me to ask it or uh, or you want to ask it, but but uh, or where you start with the challenge mania for me is that we get to sort of fill in those gaps, like I always say. And the last time we talked to Paulie was, I mean for all the challenge fans or for all the challenge maniacs was, uh, you know, kind of where, where we left off with them. So it's awesome that they come on. It's awesome that Paulie's here. And I, I, I want to know if he was going to take the money from Natalie, if you want Scott. So I couldn't help it. I, I couldn't it. help it. I love that I question. I want to know if he was going to be the super villain. I want to know if like he gets a, if he gets a hard on off of being worse than Johnny bananas at sometimes. Sorry. I didn't even put that up there. There's a, little bit, a lot oh, of man. sex talk in the challenge world, oh, but man. God we're God trying God to forbid. steer away from that. But, you get, let um, me see what you got here, man. Stephen A. Smith, like right now. Derek, you just said my name and Banana's name in the same sentence. That means he's going to have a heart attack. Yeah, he doesn't like that God, comparison at God, all. God, 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 God forbid. Well, it's, it's not so much the comparison because we've gone over this. You know, we've gone over this a few times, and it, like, listen, Paulie's going to. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office, more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I have his own trajectory, right? Right? Like, he's the only one that's like, 
gone into his first challenge and like sat in the redemption house for like three quarters of the show and then walked right into the final and almost won the freaking thing based on like what I would call a big brother move and telling a eh, white lie. And (laughs) you know, trying to get into that. And well, you know what? That's not the only we're, I'm, I wasn't the only one that went back on uh, a deal. It was actually because of a what me and Natalie thought was an alliance member uh, of ours going back on their deal that we even had to pull that trigger and pull that move. Um, you know, but obviously nobody knows about that. Nobody talks about that. And that obviously that hasn't aired. I haven't even gone back yet and watched uh, the Final Reckoning uh, season. We actually left. I was so upset because, like, my phone got taken away right before – uh, the me and Natalie versus Kyle and Brad elimination. Uh, so I didn't even get to, I didn't even get to, I didn't even get to bask in my glory of seeing myself come out of the redemption house and then, you know, go on this tear of like back-to-back challenge wins coming in second place. And the two right before the final beating uh, Johnny and Tony right before the final. And then I'm, I'm kind of learning that I kind of like the fact that none of the fans really actually know what's going on. So I truly see what people's opinions are. Um, with how shows are edited and I can now appreciate um, how MTV does what it does in order to evoke emotional responses. Obviously I'm on the negative side of it most of the time, but that's, you know, that's the bed that I, that I lay in and I've accepted my role as, you know, the one who is going to evoke that emotion out of people, whether you want me to succeed because like this kid's a badass and he's backing up all the trash talk or I literally hate this guy so much. I hate how much he talks. I hate how confident he is in himself and I want him to fail. And I don't even care if he gets hurt while failing. Um, I just want to see him crash and burn. And, you know, as, as people try and say it, I want to see somebody humble him. Um, but you know, humility comes off the field, not on it. Um, how much of that comes from the fact that your debut on TV was on Big Brother where between the three episodes a week, so you're seeing more of a person to begin with, and between the fact that there are live feeds where there are people that even if it's not making the full show, you have the live feeders who do the blogs, and it's pretty much like you know if you're doing it, somebody's seeing it. Then you come to MTV yeah. and the challenge where you shoot dozens and dozens of hours a week and they can only condense it down to 44 minutes. So as you said, you right. can kind of see what they do with the editing and the characters they put out there. Yeah. You hear about people like Amanda, who everyone who works with her or plays with her says she's a great person, and then we get the villain edit from her. Or someone like yourself, who you say uh. that you know you might have a final where you guys looked like you were dominating, but they can cut it down to where it ah, looks a little bit even throughout. And from a suspense perspective, that makes more sense to make it seem like every team is in it. So talk about like whether, say, maybe the challenge was your first foray into television. You might be used to this, but you're coming from a show where it's kind of like you put it all out there and everybody can just watch it instantly. Yeah. And it's it's more than that. Sorry, but it's more than that. It's like, it's the way we portray ourselves, you know, on social media and stuff like that. That sort of gives, you know, the, the, the challenge maniacs, the, the, the challenge fans, the challenge community, more of an inside scoop or a look at our characters, you know, on many different levels, you know? So for you, it's even like, it's like time set. It's like, it's like people yeah. watch you everywhere. They love, love, love you or hate you. They're watching everything you're doing. Everything. So you're showing yeah. a lot. You showed more than I, I maybe I have in, in doing this off and on for 15 years and just maybe three years of however you've been doing it. Well, it's, it's crazy, man, because like, I mean, when you were first starting out, social media wasn't as crazy as it is now. And even with people watching our every move, 
even on Instagram and Twitter, you're only really seeing a fraction of what we do. And when it comes to Twitter, I mean, that's just the place where you, you keep up the persona and you, and you also have to kind of go along with what is happening. You know, like, like I, I can't say who I like and who I hate at the end of the season. You know what I mean? Cause then it's like, what, what are people watching for? You know, like I'd rather, I'd rather create a moment um, where it's like, you know, it's building up to something, building up to something. And then all of a sudden when that something happens, people are like, whoa, what the, what the hell? Look at that, Scott. I oh caught myself. My nice, God. nice, you, nice. You see that? Paul yeah. Calfiori, ladies and gentlemen, that was ladies well done. This could be a good we, podcast. We, we call that, we call that growth. But I think, <laughs> you know, what people, people don't understand is um, it, it really is a job. Um, and you know, some people go about it the wrong way, in my opinion. And then there's people who go about it, you know, in a, in a, in the right way. Uh, the thing with big brother is I'm almost happy that they had live feeds because most of the people that love me, uh, come from the live feeds because the edited version of me, and I haven't even gone back and watched my season of big brother, you know what I mean? But I know everything that happened in there. You know what I mean? Like I remember the argument that I had with Natalie and Bridget, and then the entire house, which was Paul, Victor, James, um, and uh, Michelle at the time, like where my own alliance flipped on me, similar to this past episode in the elimination. Like the people who I thought I was working with flipped on me. Wes and Hunter ended up turning on me and pulled the trigger, you know? And the good thing about the challenge is when someone turns on you and pulls the trigger, you go into an elimination. Whereas in big brother, when my whole alliance flipped on me and pulled the trigger, it comes down to a vote, you know? <laughs> and then if the whole house wants you out, you're not convincing anybody any different. If they view you as a threat that can win all the money. Um, so it, it, there's a lot, and you know, I've never really talked about it, but a lot of the hatred from big brother came from a lot of the people who I'm now friends with, um, just piling on after, the season was over because they just went with the flow of, Oh, well, if I don't do this, then everybody on Twitter and Instagram are, are going to attack me. So a lot of people in this reality world, they're afraid to go against the grain with their opinions. Um, specifically when it comes to people because they don't want to get attacked and big brother people are probably the most guilty. And now I'm starting to see that the a lot of the challengers have caught on to what a lot of big brother alumni do, where it's like, hate the people who are hated, trash them online, and then love the people who are loved and praise them online because that's what's going to get you the most engagement. It's going to get you the most likes, the most retweets. Um, you know, the thing that I like about myself is when it comes to people watching me, you'll never feel nothing ever. Like you're either going to be like, I love this guy or I hate this guy, but you're never going to keep yourself from commenting on something that I do or having an opinion or taking screenshots of it and sending it to your group chats or talking about it, you know, while you're watching the show. And that's what I like, um, about the challenge because it gives back that performance aspect where it's like, I'm here to entertain all of you. And that's what I'm going to do, whether you like it or not.
That's where my Johnny Bananas comparison lies. And he, he continues to get offended by it because I don't think he's taking that step back and, and seeing that to me, what you guys have in common is exactly what you just said. You either love you or you hate you, but either way you care about you similar to Johnny Bananas. It's not about him having six championships and you being a relative rookie in the game. It's just persona wise. It feels like now one, one thing he said, and this goes back to the social media and the real life aspect of it, which when Johnny started, when Derek started, we knew very little of their day to day. I mean, you know, Tuesday through, uh, was it uh, Sunday? We had no idea what a Johnny was doing in his spare time or a Derek Kaczynski was doing over the weekend. We didn't know who they were dating. We didn't know what they thought about everything under the sun because social media wasn't as prominent. Johnny, when he was on our show, said the main difference was that people dislike him because of moves he's made in the game. People dislike you because of real life, because of character stuff, because of the stuff, obviously, in your social life and your romantic life. Do you agree with that? Do you think that for the most part, if social media wasn't a thing and if people weren't as plugged in to say your personal life, that you would be a more unconditionally well-liked person? Because I'll be honest, game-wise, like if I was an eight-year-old kid only watching the competitions, you'd be my favorite player. Like you're kicking ass out there. Um, you know, I think that a lot of the challengers, they try to create their own narratives and they try to spin whatever they try to spin. Um, <clears throat> I think that that's the narrative that Johnny wants to go with because Johnny is the type of person that fails to look at himself in the mirror and he fails to realize that if there was people tracking his every move throughout his entire growth period of being on reality TV, they would know that every time he was out while he was dating Hannah, you know, his Olympic, uh, his Olympic girlfriend, he was cheating on her and he was using burner phones and he was throwing you know, turning his location off on his phones. And he would do that every time he went out. And numerous people from that time period who went out with him can confirm that, you know, and Johnny will try and deny it the same way Johnny denies everything, like having to look in the mirror at the fact that he's horrible at eliminations, um, like having to look in the mirror and say, wait a second, maybe, maybe I'm the sociopath. You know, like Johnny Bananas is the last person in the world that should be talking about people's character because there's things that everybody has on him that if it was all brought to light, his character is torn to shreds. So it's not a character thing. It's it's a narrative that people take from what is shown on TV. And when you watch something on TV, if you're not watching it objectively and you're actually becoming invested emotionally, uh, it's very easy for people to take one viewpoint or another based on who's saying it. But my thing is, it's like, look who's saying it. Is the majority of people saying it or, or is it the minority? Because I've played now, I played big brother with 15 other people. I was on X on the beach with about close to 30 people. Uh, past two seasons of the challenge, I've met, uh, 30 people each time. Right. So what does the majority of them think of me? Right. They, they talk about me, as a competitor, they talk about me being a good person. They talk about how I care about the people who are close to me. Right. But then you got like the Johnny's, the Marie's, the Jemmy's, the Kayla's who will like to push a narrative and they'll take anything they can to do it. Um, and that's where I lose respect for Johnny because when it comes to personal and social life, I mean, there's, there's no bigger cheater and there's no bigger liar than Johnny bananas. Right. So for him to sit on his moral high ground and kind of look down on me is almost insulting because 
you know, I mean, Derek, it's, if there were cameras around back in the day, I mean, people would be like, whoa, like even just hearing the stories that people tell from back in the day where cameras were shut off on the weekends, like, and you guys were allowed to just roam and do whatever the hell you wanted. He feels insecure about his six titles because he knows that everybody within the challenge world questions his six, six titles. Um, you know, and it's the argument with the Patriots, you know, deflate gate. You know, I personally think that the Patriots crushed the Colts and that a deflated ball had nothing to do with that 49 to zero stomping that they got. But, you know, the challenge reality TV world is a little different. I think a lot of Johnny's critique of me comes from a place of his own insecurity and he feels threatened by me because he knows that I am a presence. He knows that I'm very confident in myself. I fear no one. I can win eliminations. I can win challenges and I can win finals. And that scares him because I can threaten his legacy that he has left behind, not in the sense of taking away anything that he's accomplished, but possibly outdoing it and be con- being considered greater than he is. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't like, I don't like where this is gone, Scott. And, and I'm partially want to yell at you for it. Um, because I don't think that, you know, there's like, listen, if you're hanging out with Paulie, if you're hanging out with Johnny, one-on-one to whoever these people are that are just watching them for, you know, for entertainment purposes, you may get a, a slightly different, um, idea of who they are. When you sit down, you have a beer, when you're talking about life, when you're, when you're doing things that, that, um, are not challenge related, I think people will get, um, a different perception of, of who they are. You know what I mean? Um, I, I, again, I don't, I don't like, I don't like the comparison either. It's like, it, it's like this dude is doing his own thing. Johnny's doing his but own thing. We do thing. a podcast. And, and we it, compare people. That's what you do on ESPN. When someone's good in high school, they say, is he the next LeBron James comps are part of covering a sport or a show. It's just, it's natural. You're going to, when Johnny bananas, lucky land casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky, lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Look, they just talked about Johnny, but they just compared Johnny Bananas to LeBron James on the Bill Simmons podcast. It's a hilarious kind of cross-brand analogy there. And to be honest with you, Johnny Bananas is, like it or not, the face of this show. It's an interesting conversation to talk about who might be the next closest thing to a Johnny Bananas. And when I made the Pauly comparison, I was doing it based on more of the way that people have received them in recent years and that dichotomy between success on the field, but also the, you know either loving or hating them. So the idea of not liking comparisons or let them be their own people, of course they're their own people. I don't think anyone will ever be exactly the same as somebody else on this show or in life or in a sport, but it is part of the conversation, D. People like to have these conversations. This is this is where my comparisons come, okay? And 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 this is we're talking to Polly that you know we've spoke to before um in regards to uh studying the game, being a student of the game, if you will. And he's talking about creating these magic moments. He's talking to, he's saying things like a job. He's saying having these what the F moments, except using what the hell that's, <laughs> that's where I'm 
that's where I'm seeing the comparison. It, like, no, no offense to Paul. It's just, to be honest with you, it took Johnny. He's done, I don't know, 18 challenges. Like, like we've had, we've had sidebar conversations, me and Pauly. And you were like, bro, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this shit for that long. You know right. what I mean? It's like, it's like <clears throat> straight dude, up. It's like, dude has gotten so many chances. <clears throat> and, um, and to be honest with you right now, Pauly is sort of one of the front runners to win this game right now. And that's his third challenge, right? If say second, you get, second this is your second challenge. Okay. Yeah. That's really good. That, that, that's Unless really you good. count X on the beach as a challenge, which nobody nah, does. X on, X on the beach. I hated that. that. That's where I first learned TV production at its finest, where I was like, producers will pull you to the side and be like, do this. At least in the challenge, there's not much of that. Um, very little, but on X on the beach, it's all that. Um, anyway, keep going. Derek. Yeah, don't it's, shit it's on just, Derek's favorite it's show. Just, it's just, it, it is. You guys got to stop, stop shitting on, on that show and Lindsay Lohan show. Cause I, I kind of like them both to be honest. <laughs> with you. Uh, it's just, it's just funny to me when people, <clears throat> when you give people a bunch of people booze and just let them do whatever they want. Like I fucking love it. It's and, and, and X on the beach is, is, is the best. Um, but, but no, I agree it, with you, Derek. It's it's. T- I, I had this conversation with you because if I had started like when Johnny started, yeah, I could totally see myself doing eighteen seasons or even fifteen seasons. But you know what? What people fail to realize is it's like I tore my body to shreds when it came to being an athlete, and the fact that I was considering trying to become a professional soccer player again prior to getting injured which then that injury happened again, right before vendettas, which kept me off vendettas. Like I'm on borrowed time here, you know what I mean? So I got to make the most out of the next three to five years that I can, if I have the opportunity to go on, you know, if I have the opportunity to go on twice a year in the next three to five years, maybe, maybe I'm hitting 10, 10 challenges. And how many championships, if you, if, if anyone can win six out of 10 challenges, call them the new England Patriots of, uh, the challenge world. If your body can make it 18 seasons, because we all know the off season is way worse than the two month in season. You're not killing yourself every single day in the game. Okay. There's not, you're, you're out, you're drinking, you're hung over sometimes. Like you don't, uh, you don't work out every day. You don't know if you're going to elimination the next day. Soreness <clears throat> becomes a factor. Age becomes a factor. The reason why Johnny Bananas hasn't won uh, the, the past few times is, 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 is mainly because he's ha- he's gone in with houses against him. I'm Johnny bananas. I'm the six time champion. Oh, perfect. Let's just get him out of the game. He's won enough. How fucking well, like that's well, so I mean, that's the easiest route to go. I mean, it's, well, my, my, my rebuttal to that is he has created that for himself. Sure. Um, because absolutely because I mean, I came into this game being like, all right, well, I know at least half the house is against me. And then as the game went on, I was like, wow, actually the whole house does want me out because I'm, I'm very good, you know? And, and I'm not sitting here complaining about it and I'll never complain about it because whether I win titles after titles after titles, which, or I may never, I, I, you could be the, the Dan Marino of the challenges. I could be the Dan Marino of the challenges considered very great, but he never got that Super Bowl ring. You know what I mean? Or I could be like a Tom Brady where I just continue to win. 
The fact of the matter is when it gets to a point where I'm now using that as a preconceived excuse before I go into the house and the game, I shouldn't be doing it anymore. And I should be trying to change up my style rather than picking all the new people. And instead of forming alliances with them to try and further myself in the game, all I do is create enemies in order to cr- keep this notion, everybody versus bananas up. It's not everybody versus bananas. He was placed in a house with 16 rookies and he still was refused to change his game at all. Look at how Wes is playing this season. He has inserted himself and spread himself amongst everyone. Right. And there's something to be said about how Wes is playing this game where if Johnny put his ego to the side and took notes, he'd be able to replicate it, but he refuses to do that. And like I said, his problem with me, I had no pro- I had zero problem with Johnny. I had no problem with him in Final Reckoning. I had no problem with him in War of the Worlds. However, after War of the Worlds, he's one of the first people commenting on every single relationship post that's going on between Carr and I. He's the one hyping up every single challenger that has tweeted something at me or every challenge T site that has posted something on Instagram. He was sitting there poking, you know what I mean? And that's what he does. He pokes, he pokes, he pokes until someone finally lashes out at him, whether it's via tweet via, you know, they see him in person. And then he goes, Oh, look, everybody's joining the train, hate bananas train. But it's like, no dude, like you, you're self-proclaimed you're a fire starter. Cause you just like to watch things burn. So majority of people, they're not intelligent enough to, realize exactly what he's doing because, or I shouldn't say intelligent enough to realize what he's doing because they're not privy to seeing it from our side. They're not privy to seeing it from a side of this is exactly what he's doing because he's keeping relevance to his name and credit to the man. He keeps relevance to his name because he's very good at starting the little fires, seeing which one catches and then spinning the whole situation and turning it on the person as if they're the ones that are wrong and, and all this. And that's exactly what he does, and he's very good at it, and he does it in the game. But the thing is, when it comes to the game, everybody knows his game. Imagine studying the Patriots' playbook before every season, and then the Patriots going in being like, well, everybody's seen our playbook, but we're still going to win, right? No, never happens that way. The reason why the Patriots win is because Bill Belichick's got a lock on his playbook. You know what I mean? And the only people that know – are in the organization and that's how they continue to be successful year after year. People can get injured and they'll just replace them, you know, and it's like a cog in a machine because they're all groomed the same way. Johnny refuses to do it. And I think it's because, and I've said this before, he doesn't have the same fire and you see it when he goes into the house, his eyes, he looks afraid all the time, right before a challenge, there's fear in his eyes. Before an elimination, there's fear in his eyes. He has no edge because he's made the excuse for himself, and he does so much in the offseason on social media, and he, he no longer has the ability to back up what he does. And that's my, that's, my, that's my spin on that. Here, here's my here's my question, and it, it it may not be a question, maybe more of a statement. It, it, is it is it because you guys just have a natural distaste for each other that this happens? Is it to create the magic moment, or is it the job talking? That's my question, and yeah. we can just leave it at that because it could just be a statement as well. Because hey man, it, it could be I'm all sorry. three, you know. Hey man, I've put it out there. I've put it out there before, and I put it out there again, and I've said it to him. I've said, "You want to make a final? You can come talk to me. I will bring yeah. you to a final because I have the mentality of be the best, 
you got to beat the best. And, and the way this, and the way that I, that I always intend to play is I will get out the, the layups and the lazy people who are just there for a vacation, just to drink. Because when I go in there, it is game mode. It's 100%. Not a sip of alcohol touches my lips ever. I think about the game. It consumes me when I'm in there. Every single thing I do, every single thing that comes out of my mouth in that house and even on social media, when it comes to my challenge castmates and when it comes to how I hype the fans up to either love me or hate me, it is all part of something because no matter what, there's one thing that's guaranteed. The longer that you're locked in a house, people's brains are going to crack. And I wait and I look for that moment where people start to crack. And that's when I twist it and I twist it and I twist it. You know, it's, I'm almost happy that they're showing like very little percent of how horrible I am to like my enemies um, in terms of airing it because I am constant. I am every day chirping in their ear every single day being like, like trying to say something like, you know, like when, when I, when, when we threw Zach in and he went home, I literally went to Kyle the whole time. And I was like, did, did Zach leave a note for you? Did he leave a note for you in your bed? Like, you know, cause you guys are boyfriends. Um, you know, did you get to say goodbye to him and give him a hug and kiss, you know, to the point where Kyle had to go to production and be like, Paulie's really, you know, like breaking me. Can you tell him to lay off a little bit? And, you know, oh. then they tell me to lay off and I'm like, all right, you know, fine. I'll lay off wow. a little bit, you know? So it's like, and, and, but to me, it's, it's literally, it's all a game, you know what I mean? And, you know, they would not reciprocate that to me. You know what I mean? Like the whole, they, they all ganged up on me on final reckoning. They all would gang up on me in War of the Worlds if, if I hadn't won three four in a row, essentially, because I won the first one by myself and then three in a row with Ninja, you know, and then me Ninja and I, like, people would show up at the eliminations, look at the elimination, be like, ah, if we throw them in, they're coming back and we don't want to piss them off yet, you know? So they waited for this janky elimination where it's anybody's game, really, and they were like, all right, now's the time to try and pull the trigger. It's the only chance we got. You know, they're good at puzzles. They're, they're good physically, you know, even as an individual, it's like, you look, I solved every puzzle either first or, you know, top four, top five, you know what I mean? Every physical thing that has happened so far is either first or I was top four, you know? So it's an intimidation thing as well. Um, but the thing is, I don't use that as a tactic. I use the tactic of let me chip away at my enemy's armors until they break, and once I break them mentally, then I'll break them physically. All right. That ends the officially the longest tangent ever because the initial <laughs> question was what would you have done if you and Natalie had won Final Reckoning? So Yeah, can uh, we please start this podcast now? No, no, but no, oh, but, but so and I sorry. want you to I want you to let us know what you were thinking going into it, what you were thinking maybe down the stretch there where you thought, holy crap, we have a chance of actually winning this. And then looking back on it with a little bit of hindsight, seeing how it played out for Ashley, what you maybe would have done in retrospect. Because I, I got to imagine that answer might have changed a few times over. Watching you in that interview, kind of slow clapping, doing that Joker-style slow clap for Ashley when she took the money, <laughs> I kind of saw a twinkle in your eye that let me know maybe you were taking it. Uh, but Natalie seemed pretty convinced <laughs> that unconditionally you wouldn't have. So break it down for us. Um, yeah, um, so – Here's where my mentality was. And Natalie and I in the redemption house, I put a lot of work into building, building her confidence up a lot of work into mentally preparing her for how to compete 
under pressure when the whole house wants you to lose every single time. I was using techniques that I learned through athletics, things that I use on kids that I've taught, um, you know, in athletics, uh, things that kind of make me somewhat emotionless when it comes to, um, competing. Uh, and it was hard and it was, and, and the social game we had to play in the redemption house was hard. I needed her for that because together we had an amazing social game and no one knows about that. Like other than the, the skeletons that Natalie brought into final reckoning, I was very loved by most of the house before redemption house. It was only, you know, Zach, Johnny, Kyle, and, uh, you know, Brad was attacked with the lucky land slots. You can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It was only really those four. Um, coming out of it, the fact that she was able to... I was, I was able to keep Brad moving. She was able to get those balls out, right, while getting tossed around, right? The, the second elimination, um, being able to hold her arms out, that got us to the final, right? It didn't matter to me that she provided nothing when it came to, like, the actual challenges. Like, you know, the log challenge, she didn't do anything um, because she was afraid to run across the log. The trivia um, was, was all me. And I wish that they would have shown in trivia me getting the questions wrong on purpose because they lined us up to go first. Cause you know, I thought it was funny that, you know, to, to convince yourself and your partner that you have to get shocked in order to make other people not want to throw their X's on you. Um, knowing that like, as it gets down the line, you can maybe X them out. Um, in the final, um, she was burnt out and, and it was hard, uh, because, the final literally started after she held her arms up for six hours. And there was only one time that the thought crossed my mind of taking the money. And it was when she got lost running, um, for so long and, you know, say what you want about, I should have stayed with her or not. Um, you know, I, I obviously have my regrets of not staying with her in hindsight. Uh, you know, I had no idea that she, you know, following signs were so hard. Um, but the only reason why in that moment I was like this is because people don't like to unravel mine and Natalie's history, right? They just saw us on final record and they saw us loving each other and doing that. But like, we put a lot of things aside for being a team and we came close together in that time in the redemption house, but big brother, you know, like how she handled everything that happened in big brother. It's like the only reason why people call me a sexist and a misogynist and I treat women poorly is because of essentially her, Devon and this girl, Bridget and everything that they said and all the interviews that they did right afterwards. Um, you know, which I can pick holes in all of their arguments and we've 
unraveled it ourselves. And that's why we're cool. And I'm like, look, I don't need to slam you guys or, or like cry about it, but this is what you did. And you know, that is where I get this perception from. Um, and that's why that thought crossed my mind in that moment. But then as we went through everything else and when she stood up on that pole with me, like I knew she was dead. Like I knew she had nothing in her because her body was so messed up from that elimination. And the fact that we figured it out and we toughed it out and then we just boom, were, you know, we were full throttle. Even before that, there was a puzzle that I completed 20 minutes before everybody else, which wasn't even shown in the final. Right after that. And then thinking back to all of our conversations we had in the redemption house where she was talking about her family, she was talking about family in Venezuela and all that stuff. When it came down to it at that moment in time to create, there's a like, I'm all about creating TV moments, but that would have just been one of the shittiest things that I could have done to her. And she, and I know things about her where she, you know, she has trust issues with certain things. And for me, someone to have built her up and her confidence up so much to then break that trust and that bond that we had, um, that's something that would have been so f messed up and I almost slipped again. Sorry. So messed up in my opinion, because she like these games mess your head up and that would have messed her up, not just from a game standpoint, but from a life standpoint of trusting people. And she had, she told me that because of me, she was able to trust people again. And that's something that I, I wouldn't trade for the world. Uh, $500,000 can't take that, um, from me. You know what I mean? So I would have never taken that money when it came down to it. The thought crossed my mind once. Um, and it was in that moment, you know, cause she was sitting there crying after she got lost and I'm trying to get her hyped up being like, look, we got to focus on the next challenge. And then I sat there and almost unraveled being like, you know what? Like you're sitting here crying. Guess what? I didn't fucking cry after all this stuff after big brother, boom, 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 boom. But what good would that have done right then and there? So I just sucked it up and I was like, Get your head in the game, suck it the fuck up, let's go. And then she just locked herself in and we carried on. But I hope that clears the air. You don't think, though, if you're in the moment, if you guys had won and TJ does the whole suspenseful deal that you guys win and then he's like, Paulie, you beat Natalie by 32 seconds, whatever. You don't think in that moment the adrenaline spotlights on you guys you think to yourself, like, this is my moment. Like, I, you know, everything you just said about the Big Brother stuff, the moment earlier in the final where she got lost, you don't think that just there's a po possibility that you would make, like, a snap judgment decision. And even if going into that moment you thought, all right, I'm going to split it with her, you just thinking, like, just having the ego take over a little bit. Is that there? Like, that, there's no way to recreate I, that. I work, I work very well under pressure. Um and in those moments is where I thrive. Um, I think the perception of my ego comes from the way I carry myself on social media and the way I carry myself in the game. Um, but when it comes to my ego, I check my ego at the door. And you've seen this numerous times where in Final Reckoning, I let Natalie take the lead and make decisions until it got to a point where I was like, look, we need to change it up as a team. Um, you even saw in this past elimination, I wanted... West, because regardless of what the episode shown in my heart of hearts, I truly believe that he was the mastermind behind it all. And I feel as though he was working with the Brits and I love Wes and I, and I would continue to work with Wes again and again, because I just think he's a good person 
outside of the game. And I think he's brilliant in the game and there's a lot to learn from him. And he backs up his talk with winning eliminations and winning challenges. And, you know, part of it was my, I want a resume to go against the elimination King. The same way, if I had the chance to go against Derek here, I would do it. If I had the chance to go against CT, even though I love CT, he's someone I work with, you know, how are you going to say no to that? You got to take it out. But in that moment, there's nothing that would have clicked in my head that would have been like, take this money from Natalie. Um, because it, she went through a lot. She sacrificed her body. I sacrificed my body. I don't like, I don't like pushing the button. He asked you, you were going to money. You were like, no. And he's like, well, come on. Did you really? And then, you know, and then then you, and then you kind of like bought into it and you're like, well, well, no, you know why he has to do that. You know, he has to do that because if he just accepts that answer, all the people that are like, he's full of shit, he would have taken the money, are going to be like, Scott, how come you didn't grill him? And how come well, you didn't no, do that? here, let me just explain. Here's the deal. I just, I can't, I can't stand the scandalous, dirty questions. I can't. No, I'm putting myself in his shoes because when I'm watching this play out, and we've seen it with Johnny and Sarah, but we kind of watched that season not knowing that was coming, whereas this season we kind of knew it was coming. You're watching it all play out. And like, for instance, Hunter, you know, through the benefit of editing, they showed us in real time, not in real time, but earlier in the season, the moment where, quote unquote, Ashley decided to take Hunter's money. Those comments that, you know, Hunter had made earlier in the season. So to me, I'm wondering, would I have played in a similar way where am I looking for a reason? Am I looking for a validation point? Because to be honest with you, $500,000, I know before taxes is a lot of money. You know, is it something that if you can kind of explain it in a certain way, that person would forgive you over it? Like, is it possible that there's a way to salvage the relationship? And competition wise, do you feel like you actually earned it for you guys so and then on top of it all that moment at the end where maybe adrenaline just kicks in and you're like you know what teach give me the check you know i don't know i'm just i'm not saying paulie's a liar i just want to know all those different checkpoints along the way did the decision Uh, change well i'll put it i'll put it to you i'll put it uh simply then um just so everybody understands my mentality because i feel like a lot of the confusion with where people call me a liar call me certain things comes from because they they're not understanding uh, my mentality through the process and how I was raised, where I come from, and all this stuff. So, simply, New England Patriots win the Super Bowl. Guess what? Everybody on the team and in the organization gets a Super Bowl ring. Everybody on the team gets that bonus for the win, and that's it, right? Now, everybody doesn't have the same contracts, right? So, Tom Brady's getting paid more, but you know, fourth string quarterback still getting that extra bonus that's happening. So. Even though Natalie, in people's opinions, may not have carried her weight um, or vice versa, uh, she still deserves something. All right, Maniacs, more with our guest in just a minute. I just want to take a quick second to remind you all about Poshmark. I know most of you guys already have the Poshmark app, but for those of you who don't, I can give you a second here to download it, and good. You got it? Poshmark is this amazing app where you can shop for millions of closets across America. I'm telling you, they have everything. Burberry, Louis Vuitton, Abercrombie, Syracuse gear, throwback Syracuse gear, throwback anything gear, old sports jerseys, jackets, starter jackets, whatever you want. Not only can you buy things, you can also sell things. I happen to know a guy who may have about 100 wrestling shirts that his wife might want him to start selling. Hmm... 
Shipping is easy for both the seller and the buyer. It's super fast shipping. And if you see something you want, you can make the seller an offer. I love this app. I'm telling you, Maniacs, you will too. The best part is just for being a Challenge Maniac, you get $5 off your first Poshmark purchase. Just enter the invite code CHALLENGEMANIA when you sign up. So download the Poshmark app if you haven't already. But remember, I gave you a second to do so, so you better have done it. But if you haven't yet, download it now. Use the invite code CHALLENGEMANIA and you get $5 off your first purchase. They carry things for women, men, and children. I'm telling you, you will like this app. You will get clothing mania just like we are Challenge Mania. All right. All right. That was a little corny. All right. Back to our guest. Here we go. Let's talk about how that did end up playing out for Ashley and Hunter. Because what's crazy to me is that so here we are a few months, weeks later, and we have seen what happened on War of the Worlds. Hunter getting a little bit of that revenge. Ashley going out early, but guess what? She still got a million dollars. And now she's off living in uh, Guatemala. She seems very happy in life. And it seems like the Ashley detractors have kind of faded back into obscurity a bit. And Hunter, who I fully expected after this moment to be a very sympathetic figure, everyone to be rooting for him. To me, he actually got, you know, the short end of the stick here, not just money wise, but character wise, he came out of this, I think, even a little worse than she did. I think we were desensitized to making that move from Johnny having already done it. And so I don't think Ashley necessarily like lost fans over the move. I do, however, think Hunter lost fans when people saw and it was put in perspective how hurtful his remarks were because that was worth making the move to Ashley. So when you saw this play out, are you sitting here watching, man, I mean, I think maybe taking the money isn't even that bad of a thing to do these days um i'll put it i'll put it to you this way there's people who are challengers who i hate and there are challengers who i you know just knowing their personal life i can say you know what they're well off they wouldn't need the money um there's there's there will never be a thought in my mind um if i ever make it to a final where there's a decision like that to grab the money and not get the backlash. Cause even though Ashley never got the backlash, if a figure like myself were to take the money, the whole internet is burning down and people are going to try and find my house and, and, and kill me. I did much less, um, on big brother than I'll ever do in the challenge. Right. And my mother and my sister, had to deactivate their social media accounts because people were sending them death threats and saying that they were going to come find them, rape them and kill them. Um, so there's, there will never be a moment in my life where I won't think about, um, the, the trickle down effect of how an action like that is going to be perceived because I, learned very quickly in the, from big brother that even though arguments that I had with people were valid and logical, it wasn't seen as an argument between two people. Um, it was seen as arguments and then labels get thrown on it everywhere. I mean, Scott, I could go into it about the things that are said about me online by castmates and what they get away with in terms of what they say about me, how they say it about me and how they get praise for it. Um, some of the most disgusting things I've ever seen in my life has happened. Um, just, you know, even worse than big brother, uh, in the past three, four months in terms of what I've seen people do online. And the thing is you can get away with it and 
I'm sorry if I if I offend anyone by saying it, but you know, you'll you'll get away with it if you're if you're a woman right now because you know, I've seen some women saying the most disgusting things about me. And if I were to turn around and say some of those same things to them, I would get ripped apart. I would get, I would get torn to shreds. I would, you know, people would, would ask for my head on a silver platter. And I don't even need to bring up the, the tweets or the people's names because I'm only going to give them fuel uh, to then start doing it again. But what people have said about mine and Cara's relationship, what people say about Cara, um, you know, I've, I've come to the realization that I understand that majority of social media, 80%, 85% of it is made up um, of females. Um, so I would never do anything in that sense to steal money from a female partner of mine that would cause that kind of backlash for people to kind of be like, well, of course he did it. He hates women. You know, when realistically, out of all the shows that I've done, I can count on one hand the amount of women that I have ever had conflict with, um, you know, and then the number of women that I get along with very well, I can are, are endless. And the, and the people that I meet in real life are endless. But it really doesn't matter because the way social media works is people will say something about you. And then if they get attacked for it, they'll spin it. And then if they get attacked for that, they'll spin it and then they'll delete everything and then start something else. Uh, I own up to all my shit. If I make mistakes, I know I'm not perfect. I can guarantee you both that just from me saying that, even though I said no offense to anyone, people are literally going to take that excerpt and they're going to blast it on the internet and they're going to try and spin a narrative of saying he's an idiot He's saying it's because of women. It's a, they're going to make it a race. Uh, they're going to make it a, a gender thing, and and that's that. And then I'm going to be called an asshole. And you know, I'm I, I've just accepted it. You know, I'm tired. I'm tired of it. Everybody's got the same played out jokes for me. Everybody's got the same played out narratives. The same played out spins that they want to do. Um, you know, and I'm I'm getting sick of it because I'm really seeing an ugly side of things. Um, where, you know, people have tried to come at my mental health. They've tried to diagnose me with mental problems. They've tried to call me abusive. They've tried to, uh, call me a psychopath, a sociopath, all these things when realistically, you know, I got caught up in a moment and I lied and I handled a situation completely wrong. And ultimately, you know, I'm, I'm being called every name in the book. I mean, I think somebody even tried to spin a narrative that I was a rapist. You know what I mean? So it's like some of the most disgusting things have been said. And if these things were said by men about women, just like I would, my head would be on a platter. You know what I mean? So I feel like a lot of the challenge castmates, they take advantage of the fact that they know they can say whatever they want about me. And they're going to get attacked by obviously mine and cars fans. But then for the most part, a lot of the trolls, you know, that followed me from big brother from X on the beach, you know, who, who were sitting there waiting to see me fail, they're going to hype them up and they're going to gas them up. And they're going to be like, no, you're doing the right thing. It's, it's totally normal to accuse someone of beating their girlfriend. It's totally normal to accuse someone of rape. Like, go on, you're doing the right thing. Good stuff. He deserves it. I, I can't stand any of that. Like, uh, if it's not true, 
Like, I, I just don't feel that, you know, if, if people don't have like factual proof and evidence <clears throat> and stuff like that, and we can, we, we can save the receipts. Cause I don't, I don't want to see them. I, I like what I see, like, you know, screenshots and stuff like that, like uh, online, like it makes me want to fucking run and hide, you know, because I know I'm not fucking perfect. I know that I've made mistakes. I know that there's reasons out there for plenty of people to dislike me. And like, I just, you know, with the low blows and, you know, everything that, you know, even like the whole, like, you know, Davon and Westing that came out, like I wanted to run and hide and and I wanted nothing to do with that just because I think it's too fucking much, man. And I know that, you know, a lot of us go out there and, 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 and we, you know, we put ourselves out there, you know, for, for TV purposes and, you know, but you know, uh, a lot of the stuff that, that comes out, that's like below the belt, I just think needs to just fucking, you know, stay, stay away. You know, I, I don't, and and all of us are, a lot of us are guilty of it, but it's just like, it's like, well, it's like what I, what I dislike is people trying to take, um, little things and try and spin it or misinterpret something or just push a narrative. You know what I mean? And, and I have a problem with that on a lot of scales of things. And, you know, my whole thing is it's like, why are certain people so loud only when it comes to me? But when there's factual evidence about other people, you'll never, they'll never say it. And they'll just be friendly with those people. And, and it, it start. I just, you know, people just need to wake up and just look at things objectively. It's like if a small group of people are attacking the same person over and over and over and over again, right? Even if majority of the people are sitting there being like, the, this is wrong. These people are crazy, right? There's still a small percentage that are like this. And then you got the people who won't even do the research. So they'll be, they'll see something. They'll be like, can someone give me the cliff notes? And then boom, the cliff notes are given in somebody else's perspective. And then it's like, oh my God, I can't believe that this is true. It's like the, the, the uh, days, the days of doing your research and, and, uh, and educating yourself before you speak or form opinions are gone, unfortunately. And that's the world we live in. Let's be honest. We collectively as the internet or anyone who is speaking on someone's behalf or defending one of you guys, we are all the Gretchen Wieners of the world or the whatever character Amanda Seedfried played in Mean Girls. And you guys are all the Regina Georges and the Caddy Herons. Like we want to just be like everybody on Twitter wants to be your best friend who's like whispering to you what the last person said and defending you to someone else. Like it to me, it, what you just said about all oh, the They'll say something about you, but they don't care about what someone else did. That's the vicious cycle. When someone says something about something that just happened, now it's, oh, well, you think that happened? Well, you like this person, and they did this back in 1997. Or you think Paulie's a dick? Well, I think Johnny's a dick. And and it's just the back and forth of all of it. And I like Marie, and I like Kayla. Well, I like Carl. Well, I like leggings. Whatever it is. And it's just nonstop. And the receipts and the screenshots don't help. And it's just, we're going and going and going. And to be honest with you, the reason everyone's so obsessed with it is because guess what twice a year paulie and derek well maybe not derek but paulie and Kara and all you guys get to go into the jungle and the desert and live in a mansion and drink and hang out and party and do these amazing athletic feats of, of competition and have fun and be on the show that we get to watch on tv and we have to sit here at home and work at Foot Locker and work at subway and take cabs to work and be normal people but guess what on social media we can be part of the show and these people can be they can be the one 
to say, oh, I listened to Challenge Mania and Paulie said this about you. Here's the clip. It's it's like people feeling I like agree. they're part of it. You know, it's, it's this weird. Game. It's their own weird. Now it's we're in the game. challenge house with you because the challenge is only twice a year. But those other 320 days a year, you're all online, you're on social media and you're very easy to get to. You know what I mean? It's not like you're no offense. You're not Katy Perry with 90 million followers where. If she likes one tweet a year, maybe, or if she's responding to one tweet, she's missing 80,000 of them where it's like, you guys like, no, if somebody says something mean to you, you're probably reading it the next time you're, you know, you have five seconds to scroll through your mentions. You're easy to get to. You're easy to comment on. You're easy to transfer information to. So it's everybody feeling like they're a part of this. And I wish that was used for good more often. It's not. It's used for a lot of bad. You mentioned a lot of the stuff that you get. You mentioned a lot of the stuff that Kara gets and a lot of the stuff I saw recently that Marie and Kayla gets and all this mean-spirited stuff said by both men and women. The stuff that Davon was getting last week with this West stuff, it's disgusting and it all comes from the thing that people want to be that person walking down the hallway with you on the way to biology class, putting their arm around you and saying, Paulie, guess what Tom said about you? It's freaking ridiculous. Yeah. I hate it. No, it's getting, ridic- it's getting ridiculous, man. And you're right. You know, like, like, like men and women say shitty things. People can be shitty, but Ultimately, I feel like everybody needs to just watch the show yes. the way that they would watch professional sports or, I, you know, I, I don't want to get you off going crazy about it, but the way you watch professional wrestling, like, like the feet, the feats that people do are like, it, it, it's crazy. And, you know, I think that a lot of people can appreciate that, you know. And I, I do feel like a lot of a lot of stuff gets misinterpreted because I am that very intense, aggressive competitor. And that's just that's who I am. That's who I'll always be. And I think people then try and take that and be like, well, I see these signs of, of aggression. Maybe I can say that he's that way in his relationship or maybe he's just that way all the time. Or like, you know, or like, it's got to come from some reason. It's got to come from some mental health issue where it's like, well, why can't it just come from the fact that I'm competitive as all hell and I just want to win and I just want to be the best. How about that for, you know, reasons why I am the way I am on the show and why I say certain things and why when I win, I go nuts and why when I, I lose, you know, it's like, eh, whatever, you know, like if, if I would, if I, if I would have lost, Last night, or sorry, the last episode, I would have shook Cam's hand. I would have shook Ash's hand. You know, I would have ran up the stage to, you know, to kiss Cara. And then I would have, you know, told everybody good luck. And I would have walked away. Now, if somebody wanted to be an asshole and say something stupid, you know, then then you're just trying to poke the lion. Yeah, well, the the question is, is did, did Cam and Ashley actually shake your hand? After you beat them. And I want to get into the show because I feel like we're not in the show right Wait, now. What, show? what are you talking like about? Twitter, what show? Yeah, I just, I hate, I, I hate these tangents. It's, I feel like it's so like hate filled. I, I can't stand it. Here's the bottom line with the viciousness and the viciousness of the cycle, whether you're a cast member or someone on Twitter that just, you know, wants to feed into like these, you know, the, these fires that just get bigger and bigger. The, the the viciousness is this, is you don't know how this actually affects, like we're already dealing with our own demons, whether you're on, whether you're just a, a regular person feeding into it, whether you're a cast member, like we're all dealing with problems. We have like more serious problems. You know what I mean? So when someone buys into something that 
they don't really know if it's true. Um, like, just think about how that's going to affect, you know, someone's job or this cast member's job, you know, or, or this next product that they might be working with or their kids and their families and how, how deep the, eff- the negative effects right. continue to go. If you continue to v- feed into this vicious cycle of like, I don't even know what I'm talking about. I'm just picking a side. Cause I think it's fun. Or I think it's funny to piss people yeah. off. Like, these these things go for years. Sometimes you can't get away from some kind of crazy statement that somebody made on Twitter at some point. So I don't know. I just I hope that at some point, you know, if you're thinking about trashing somebody like uh, just think about it a little bit before you push that that send button. Um, yeah. Can we get into the show now? Because let's do this. I want to talk about the color. Like, and, challenge and can we talk? And can we talk about how the f bomb count is under five right now? We're killing it. We are absolutely <laughs> killing it. We are. Oh, ca- oh whoops. Well, um, guys, listen. No, me ch- challenge mania was always supposed to be kind of like the inside, the inside stuff, NBA inside stuff on Saturday mornings after you watch the WWE for thirty minutes in your Superman underwear. And, and, and that, that really hot chick, which is now Scott Yeager comes out and she's like interviewing your favorite basketball player for 30 minutes. That's what I always wanted to do. I didn't want to be filled with scandal and cheating and, and let's get into the juice and like, yeah, I hate to break it to you though. Like, look, a little bit of that is fun, but when you like people watch the challenge for the mixture of the two, there's a reason nobody's watching American gladiators when they bring it back a few years ago. There's a reason there are no podcasts talking about the Titan games because you can only talk about the X's and O's of this for too long. I mean, people want to know the social game that went into say picking that person to go into the elimination, not just the X's and O's of why cam vomited during said elimination. So, I think that D we have to give people a little bit of this stuff. I agree with you in that. I wish it was more the social game we're seeing on the show. I think there's two reasons that people have become so obsessed with social media and the, the sort of everyday drama. One is that you have a 44 minute episode chock full of a daily elimination, uh, an actual elimination or daily challenge. I should say an actual elimination. We're only getting about eight to 12 minutes of house drama and people are clamoring for more. A lot of people think there's enough for a two hour episode. I mean, I'm just happy that they're showing 0% of mine and cars social game mine specifically, like when it comes to the strategy and, and all that stuff, because, Hey, if, if you don't want to show it, I'm not going to complain about it because I know exactly what I was doing. That would, that if it aired would have exposed me to a lot of people. And now I can continue to, uh, misinform and, uh, disengage whoever it is that, you know, I need. Well, let me uh, ask you about, time. I don't know if you're talking about this, but Marietta has a great question here. Can you clarify your relationship with Wes? You guys have implied that you've been working together, but we haven't Hunter seen and en- Wes. Sorry. We haven't seen any of it on the show. And supposedly now you guys are going against each other. What's the apology packet for? So is that a little bit what you're talking about here with the social game that we're not seeing? Because you guys see, I mean, Wes came on the show, spoke very highly of you guys. Cara was speaking very highly of Wes on the show when she came on the podcast. What was your guys' relationship with, again, him and Hunter, as D said, on the show that we're not seeing? All right. So the reason, reason why um, – I just, I mean, I think the the apology package was just, just kind of like our funny, uh, banter way. Uh, but you know, I mean, you guys know how I get, uh, when it comes to once I now focus my vision on you as an enemy, 
you know, I, like, like I explained earlier, like I just become, you know, nasty. So I was just nasty to Wes because I was like, oh, okay, I see exactly what you're doing right now. Um, taking a step back and looking at everything objectively, and I can't give away what, what, what happens. I see it from more of a game standpoint of like, wow, he really, he, like, he really, he got me, you know, like he, I was blinded by the smoke, by smokes, by the smokes and mirrors. Right. And then he got me, but ultimately it's like the good outweighed the bad, you know? So I wasn't about to let just like one incident ruin, um, you know, how well we had worked together up until that point. And, and how, how did he well, get you? Just to, just to go into detail here. How did he get you? Um, well, I mean, if you want to look at it, uh, from this standpoint, um, there were a couple times where, I mean, Ninja and I, we hadn't been in the tribunal, uh, for the past three times. Right. And, uh, uh, let's see. Kyle was only in the tribunal. He talked Georgia um, into two, pulling the trigger, yeah, Scott. Sorry, two, he talked Georgia into pulling the trigger. Boom. So, so hold on. There was one moment where both Kyle and I were not in the tribunal, but Wes was. And, uh, and I believe Cara might've been as well. And I said, Wes, pull the trigger, give them to me. And Wes was making excuses for that and saying, no, 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 no. Like, why would you want to do that? And I said, I want him do it or, you know, like whatever, like see, see if he'll, see if he'll call me out. Um, and when that trigger got pulled this past episode where it's like, you know, I found out that, you know, he and the Brits weren't as, you know, didn't hate each other as much as they played off. Um, you know, there was a lot of, like I said, smokes and mirrors. Like he got into arguments with Ash that were set up by him and Ash. What? In Wes's defense. In Wes's defense. And Wes also admitted things to me. And, and, you know, but the thing is when, when everything happened, it was kind of like an, oh, oh crap moment. Because I was like, damn, he is also, he's been working with me. And he may have my best interests ahead of like, you know, other people, but essentially he was keeping other people safe who were in my line of fire because he wanted to indirectly pull the trigger at me, but keep certain people in the game, knowing that they would act as a shield for him because I would still go after them first before coming for him. So in, in Wes's defense so it, also, it's it, for him it, to it help you out. Brilliant. Yeah, he's like, you, you, here's here's the bottom line, Paulie. You're, it's not just you and Kyle. It's not you versus Kyle. It's it, right. it, it's Kyle and Maddie versus you and and Ninja. And so like, there. I mean, that's 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 an impressive matchup. I'm not saying you guys can't. And for some reason, in my head, I was thinking D was your partner, but it is Ninja as your partner. So I can understand you also being like, Nah, man, this is the partner. We can take them. It's just. I don't know much about Maddie, but she seems to be maybe the most feared woman in this game. I mean, maybe even more than Ninja. Right. But you could you could tell me right. where that how that falls uh, yeah, with I mean, the rookies. They're they're both tossed up there. Um, you know, in in Wes's in Wes's defense, he he, like I said, he he played a very good game. 
and now and I see his game for what it's worth and it's actually it's impressive and I can and I can applaud him for that and um and that's why I sat there and I'm like you know what man like you're right you know because he was also protecting me in the sense of giving me wisdom of being like Paulie I know you're new and I know you're young and I know you want to just be this guy who wants to go into every single elimination just to shut everybody up. You know, he's like, but I'm giving you wisdom from myself, the elimination King, that if I could go back and go into less eliminations, he's like, I would. He's like, and I'm not sitting here, even though I have this amazing record offering myself to go into these eliminations, even though nine times out of 10, I'll come back. And he was trying to teach me that wisdom aspect of it, um, which when all that stuff happened and I went in, I just kind of like was like, you know, what, dude, fuck you. Like, you're the same as everybody else. Like, get on that side. Lines are drawn. Now I'm coming after you, too. Um, and he sometimes was all that like, happens. Sometimes that yeah. happens. And, and he was sitting there trying to, you know, say to me, like, come on, man, like, let's not ruin a good thing. And I'm like, nope, too late. You know, and like. And right after that elimination, uh, you know, I, I had that conversation with Wes right after that elimination, you know, turbo came up to me and he goes, I'm with you. And I go, let's do it. And that was it. Uh, so we were like, you know, we, we had our eyes set on everybody else and we're like, you know, we, we picked people off one by one up until this point. Now it's time to do it as individuals. Um, that elimination versus Ashley and, cam you guys end up winning so you mm-hmm. have the benefit of hindsight but it seemed like you wanted to go for wes and d and it was ninja who talked you out of it based on her relationship with d i after the fact was like i think you guys made the right call either way if you i know they don't explain exactly what the elimination is but when you see the sort of two separate setups and you kind of see okay i'm not going head up against ashley in some sort of a, a strength thing most likely well i mean let's let's be honest his his steroid popcorn muscles weren't scaring any in the house okay but, 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 do but, tell. um yeah d d uh, dropped this on the the war room last week the war room but i think he also wants to bring it to big challenge mania what uh popcorn muscles do you speak of d's uh, this is d's favorite subject i i, I hate all this right. shit too by the way but so, no you don't so, it's already no, no, no. on tv so it's already we, on tv you so have a steroid blog d come on you're outing people left and so right you're the reason barry so bonds isn't in the hall of fame look look i i'll I'll just say that at least I can say when I win, I am all natural. It is, it is my abilities. It is my training. It is my real muscles. Right. And the joke that me and turbo had with Ashley all season is he has big, strong muscles, but after 30 seconds, he'll tire out. And then it'll be just like baby meat pushing him around because, you know, it's the same thing. Like, you, you know, growing up as a wrestler and, and all this stuff, like, guy could have been strong as hell three times the size of me, you know, two or three weight classes heavier than me. If he tries to throw me around and move me for 30 seconds as hard as he can, well, I can pin him in the first minute because once your muscles are fatigued, doesn't matter how strong you are. And that was our joke with Ashley is that he's easy meat. Um, cause once he gets fatigued, he's easy. Uh, and we saw that when in his elimination with how hard he struggled getting that pull up with Cam. Um, so that's where I'll say, like, if, if people want to be unnatural with how they prep themselves, he's not the only one. Um, but 
you know, it does have its side effects because you will burn out if you're not training yourself the right way. And there is a negative effect to those types of things. Do we know, is um, there an official steroid policy on the challenge? I mean, we, we, we're well acquainted with it when it comes to like MMA or football or, or baseball, but it's like, I mean, people are constantly talking about whether someone is or isn't on set. Is it something that you are like not allowed to do or is reality TV no, kind of a I gray mean, area? It's I've a cosmetic. Had people, I've had people, the, the, the guys literally joke about it. Right. So, I mean, you people know, they joke, talk about they it. They joke about it that they're doing it and like they'll make jokes to each other being like, oh, so-and-so, that's that's weird. You were a lot bigger two weeks ago. You know, or like, oh, it's a good thing this challenge is, ha- is happening now and not two weeks from now. So it's like they're openly, you know, joking about that they're doing it. So like that's my whole thing is it's like, you know, I, I can sit there and I can laugh and I can be like, eh, whatever. You well, know? you're talking about it playing a part in his uh, competition from a negative standpoint that he looks great in a photo, but when it comes time to something endurance, like those are, as you describe them, popcorn muscles. But let's say someone won an elimination that was strength based and you knew that they were in the you know mid cycle or whatever. Is this something where after the fact you would cry, oh, that's unfair. He's on this stuff. Or is it something that it's all fair in love, war, challenges and steroids? Look, look, man, unfortunately, that is the game we're dealt. I think I handled all my elimination losses in Final Reckoning um, very well, considering that there's a lot of controversy over the bands, and there's a lot of controversy over the fact that why wasn't I able to help Natalie rip the hammer out? And, you know, and the, and the way that the puzzle worked out, it's like, you know, I solved both those puzzles and they showed that zero puzzles were solved in that third one, you know? And then even, even when I like had the puzzle solved and they were like, it's not correct. I like, I'm like, I'm like, can you show me what's not correct? And then they're like, no, you have to mess up the puzzle right now. And then I'm, you know, I'm looking at all of them being like, Oh shit. No, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, so there's a lot of things that I could have already complained about and cried about and been like this, but I take it. And I, and I get all the, you know, tweets and, and comments of being like, Oh yeah, you're three for three. Like you suck at eliminations. And it's like, but anybody that was there, they see how I perform in everything, whether I win or lose. Right. So, you know, if I lost to someone strength based because they were juicing, you know, those are the cards I'm dealt, unfortunately. So the only thing I do in the off season is I prepare I prepare myself as if I'm going to have to go against a 300 pound, six foot five man in a head to arm wrestling contest in a head to head battle. Or like if we're attached by a rope and we've got to run in opposite directions and get a bell, how can I even have a chance of beating them? And I don't just work on it from the strength, uh, you know, and conditioning standpoint, I work on it from like a, science standpoint where I'm like, all right, how can I break down the science behind this where maybe I can get an edge if my center of gravity is here, if my limbs are spread out, you know, if I, if, if, you know, I run and then as soon as I feel the rope about to tug or if I get pulled back, you know, I'm literally breaking it down to a science. And I think that's what most people fail to realize of how much I put into the training in the off season. Um, you know, when they sit there and they try and say, uh, they try and critique, uh, me as a challenger, um, is I, you know, I, I don't claim to be the tallest man in the room. You know, I'm, I'm five, nine, 
you know, by no means. And like, I'm, I'm 175 pounds. So like compared to like a CT or a Zach, um, those dudes are big, you know? And if I had to go head to head against one of them, or if I had to run in an opposite direction attached to one of them, um, those are purely size and strength related. So how can I have an advantage if I go against them? If it's wrestling, that's different. I have more skills in that field. If it's trying to rip something away, there's techniques that you can bring from wrestling into that that can help you out. Um, there's really there's really nothing that's you know cut and dry about running into someone. If it's something that has to do with like putting a ball, like, like similar to Hunter's elimination with, uh, with chase, right. I can win that because I'm faster and I'm more agile. Right. So nobody's going to, nobody's going to touch me. Right. It would just be a matter of, can I possibly get them to the ground anyway, just to get on top of them and be able to use my wrestling technique in order to fatigue them out and keep them from scoring one point. That's all I would need, you know, because from an endurance standpoint, I'll outlast everyone. The Challenge Mania shop is open. Head over to challengemania.shop today for the best way to support the podcast while looking good doing it. New designs and items added every few weeks. Maniacs, time to mobilize. Check out challengemania.shop today. Um, Steven says, Paulie, what are your thoughts on what Ninja was saying throughout this episode? So we're kind of building up to the reveal that you guys are going to be going solo going forward. Ninja, I wouldn't say was throwing you under the bus, but, you know, was kind of mentioning that Kara seemed to be getting in the way of your guys' partnership. And then towards the end here, made it seem like she was looking forward to controlling her own destiny down the stretch here. Uh, were there bumps in the road between you guys? Because you guys had seemed rock solid um, up until that point. There was never there was never any bumps in the road, um, at all. <clears throat> um, that was a little played up, um, because there really were no issues. Uh, and you know, I mean, like, let's look at it. There, there's two different types of people when it comes to being on a team, right? Um, I can perform well. I mean, you guys will see how I perform as an individual. Um, but when it comes to a team, like you saw with Natalie on final reckoning and like you saw, this season so far is no matter how they perform, I'll never throw them under the bus. Right. So in the tire challenge, you know, Ninja, all she had to do was get one tire and we're in the tribunal. Right. Never, never would blame her for not being in the tribunal. Right. So I look at individuals and I try and break down what their team dynamic is. And, and I, our dynamic was we just understood how to get handle business. Right. So it was an unwritten, unspoken rule. Um, you know, the, the rooms in the house are always open, right? Lines of communication go both ways. Um, and, uh, you know, I never wanted to overload her with too much because it, you know, I don't, I needed her to just focus on performing, which is exactly what she did. And I never needed her to get caught up in any of the other stuff because she just needed to focus. Right. So that's why communication as far as the game was very limited because it, I don't know how that's going to affect her and I know that she can perform when it's just like simple communication let's go um, as far as car being involved with it I mean you know that, that never stopped any performance from happening for anybody and you know it, I wouldn't say it hurt me because I, I have thick skin but it's like you know when you're with a teammate and you never throw them under the bus for when they misperform you know it's it, it, it's a little 
telling when somebody else misperforms and then they throw that under the bus, throw them under the bus, you know? So watching this episode, was it annoying seeing those interviews, those clips that she had? Um, no, cause like, like I said, the game wears on people and you know, sh- she's a winner, you know, she's a perfectionist and everybody handles winning and losing differently. And this is what I always say. It's always like, if you've lost in anything, then, you know, you're more dangerous than the person who wins at everything. Because once a loser learns how to win, they're unstoppable because losing no longer affects them. But when a winner loses who is never used to losing that can affect them in many different ways and i believe ninja is just so used to winning and all of a sudden when we go three in a row losing it started to get to her head because she's a perfectionist not because it had anything to do with me um because i mean are are people really going to argue that i'm a bad partner after watching what i did with natalie on final reckoning are people really going to say i'm a bad partner and, and, you know, should be blamed if a team wins or loses uh, after watching how I perform on final on uh, War of the Worlds, you know. So that, that's all I'll say about that. It didn't hurt me because I understood exactly where it came from, because I, you know, part of understanding your team is understanding your teammate. And she's a perfectionist. And that's what makes her good at what she does. Without saying too much about who it affects going forward, because we don't want to spoil anything, in the moment when you guys find out, all right, guys, drop your buffs, you guys are going solo from here on out, who did you kind of get the feeling was happy to hear that? And who did you get the feeling was like, oh, no, now I don't get you know this partner to kind of ride me to the end anymore? <clears throat> oh, I mean, <clears throat> let's see. Turbo was pumped. Um Devon was pumped. Uh, Theo was upset. Um, Kyle was obviously upset. I think Georgia and Hunter were both happy. (laughs) Um, And I think Bear uh, was also upset. See, my my thing is, I believe most of the UK alliance, right, they – and I guess I'll call them cowards because they knew that they were protected – by certain people and like so when i saw that air you know like all the uk people like they seemed fine with me i thought they were fine with me but then when i saw all of them congregating and plotting against me i'm sitting there being like look at these sneaky little cowards knowing theo that like you know you're attached to car so i like you and i do like theo i think he's hilarious i think he's a great competitor you know what i mean so i have respect for him right but then it's like bear you're attached to devon so like you were safe you know georgia you're attached to hunter so you were safe. Cam, you were attached. I mean, uh, Ash, you were attached to Cam, who I liked and was working with. So you were safe. So you guys were using that safety of knowing that my vision wasn't really on you to kind of plot against me. And I find that, you know, it's, it's very, it's very smart, very strategic because you want to get somebody out. Um, but you know, I'll call them cowardly because that's just not how I play the game. What is your relationship with Kara's stands? Says Julie. What is my relationship with Kara's stands? How many of them like automatically went over and became Pauly stands? How many of them have a sour taste in their mouth for you based on what happened in the off season well, here? Well, I'll clear, I'll clear the air. I mean, you know, I look at them the way I look at, you know, just people who, who, who don't want to be objective to a situation. 
right? So I have always said from the beginning, I, I don't, I don't need anybody's fans. I'm making my own fans. I'm making my own name for myself. Um, I'm with Cara. That's my relationship. That is the person that I care about. That is the person that I love. That is the person that I treat very well. Um, we're, 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 did we handle the beginning of our relationship the right way? Probably not. Um, did we, did we become 100% serious in War of the Worlds? 100% yes, regardless of what they're editing it to be. Uh, do I take ownership for my mistakes? 100%. And my thing is, it's like, you can't yell at someone to grow and change. And then when they grow and change, continue to yell at someone to grow and change, you know, or like critique them on that growth process. And my whole thing is, it's like, if you don't like me and you're, and you're a fan of cars, just keep your mouth shut because it's disrespectful to her and to me and to our relationship to like basically throw hate and throw shade my way. And then, you know, be like, Oh my God, but I love you. It's like, just say, I love you and just support her. And then just keep your mouth shut when it comes to me. I don't want your support. I don't need your support. I'm not in this, believe it or not for fame and followers. I'm in this because I want to win. I want to win the most challenges ever. And I want the money. And it just so happens that I met my other half and I met the person that vibes with me and my energy on this show. And now I connect with her and we connect on a really deep level in real life on a level that 90, 97% of it, you're, you'll never see. And, and that's fine. Um, so it's like, if you're not willing to open your eyes and give me another chance, that's cool. That's fine with me, but just keep your mouth shut out of respect for Cara and just praise her. You know, like if you're going and then, you know, like every time a picture of car is up on a spoiler thing, it's like, yay, car. But then every time a picture of uh, me comes up, it's like, ew, disgusting, misogynist, abusive asshole. You're no better than um, the people who you attack for attacking her who are saying the same things. And that's my that's the only thing I'll say to car stands. And, um, you know, I know that they have this pride and, um, you know, they, they get off on, you know, believing that they have um sway and power in the social media world when they come together. And that's an amazing thing. But do you really want to be proud of yourself for constantly shading and trashing a relationship where the person that you stand is happy? Um, and that's all I'll say with that. I have no relationships with them. Uh, they, they, they drag me through the mud, you know, it's cool. I get it. Um, they tried to do things that would ruin my career as a challenger um, which I think is, is petty and, 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 and disgusting. Um, but at the end of the day, they're her fans. So I respect them and I will support whatever they do. As long as they're supporting her, I don't care if they support me, as long as they're supporting her and they're not running to her enemies and they're not shading her, you know, that's cool. But I think what they don't realize is by shading her boyfriend and shading her relationship, you're indirectly shading her. Cause you're taking credit away from who she is and what decisions she makes in her life. And she's a 32 year old about to be 33 strong as fuck woman, um, who you guys praise for how she's grown over the years being strong. But now because she wants to show even more strength, um, and, you know, admit that 
at a time she maybe handled things a certain way and reacted out of emotions and forgive someone. Um, that says more about their character than it does about her or about me or about our dynamic in a relationship. So that's all I'll say about car stands. As long as you support her, you have no problem with me. It's the same with everybody. If, as long as you, as long as you're cool to my girl, I will be nice to you. The second you, um, turn on her, you'll get a phone call from me. And I mean, in the, in the stand case, you know, you'll, you'll get a, maybe a tweet from me. I'll be like, Hey, shut your mouth. You know what I mean? Or you get a response, you know, I'm used to getting attacked. I'm used to getting shaded. I'm used to getting all that stuff. Right. That's cool. If you don't like both of us, Hey, free reign, go ahead, rip me to shreds. But if you like one of us, you know, and that goes for anybody who's my fan, you know, coming from big brother who maybe didn't know car. Like if, if I saw any fans of mine shading her and I've done this in, in, you know, when I came off big brother, um, you know, when I was, when I was dating, um, Zakia, I, I made a statement being like, look, whatever your opinions are, whoever you like more, that's not how we do things. If anybody shades her, or if I find out that anybody's shading her saying nasty things, like you're getting blocked from me, I don't care. And that's the same when it comes to any, anybody who may praise me, but then try and take a jab at her. I'm always open to having a discussion. And I feel like that's where a lot of people, um, I feel like they're weak because they, instead of having a conversation that might be able to uh, change your mind about someone, you will stay closed off because it's easier to hate someone than to have to admit to yourself that maybe you were wrong about that person. And that's what I'll say about that. All right. More with Paulie Calafiori in just a bit. I just want to take a quip break to tell you guys about quip. One of the most important things we do for our health every day is brushing our teeth. Yet most of us don't do it properly. I'll admit I wasn't doing it properly. Quip is a better electric toothbrush created by dentists and designers. It was designed to make brushing your teeth more simple, affordable, and even enjoyable. They sent me one of these things. I love using it because what it does is it buzzes and lets you know you got to switch sides. That's what's, that's something that I will admit I probably wasn't doing. It also keeps you on track for how long you should be brushing. It has sensitive sonic vibrations, a built-in two-minute timer. That's what I was just talking about. It pulses every 30 seconds to remind you when to switch sides. So you're going for two minutes, but not all on the same part of your mouth. It's got a multi-use cover that mounts to your mirror and unmounts to slide over your bristles for on-the-go brushing. What I love about Quip is that I feel like I'm using a high-tech toothbrush and it wasn't something that broke the bank. I love Quip and they are backed by over 20,000 dental professionals. So if you don't take my word for it, take those 20,000 dental professionals' words for it. Quip starts at just $25 and if you go to getquip.com, that's right, get Quip with it. Go to getquip.com slash mania right now. You get your first refill pack for free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's right, your first refill pack is free. Go to getquip.com, that's G-E-T-Q-U-I-P.com slash mania. And if you could follow me on Instagram, you've seen me use this thing. I love it. It's on my counter. Lindsay loved it. She begged me for one. Her birthday's coming up. I think I got her one. Don't tell her. But you guys can get Quip too. Getquip.com slash mania. All right. 
back to Pauli Calfiori, who I'm very proud of so far. I mean, basically one, maybe two F-bombs. All right, back to Pauli Calfiori. Get quick with it. I'll keep it rolling. Yeah. Victoria says, Pauli, did you and Ninja really go first during the challenges as much as it's shown, or was it edited that way? Seems like you guys were, quote-unquote, randomly no. selected to go first a lot. Yeah. No, we, uh, we were randomly selected to go first a lot, and you'll see – even now as individuals, you'll see who gets randomly selected to go first a lot. Is it randomly um, selected or is it challenge God selected? Uh, it is challenge God selected. And, uh, you know, I, th- there's, you know, there's a lot of arguments where, cause big brothers controlled by the game of commission. We've talked about this. The challenge no longer is, and I have no problem with that, but if I can make two changes to the way the challenge is, I would say, if you're going to randomly select, do better than just taking paper, putting them on top of each other, placing them in a hat or a bag very nicely, and then drawing them out in that order. Crumple them up, throw them in there, shake that bag around, then stick your hand in blindly, pull something out, and read the name. And, uh, and then also for like when we have to compete uh, one right after the other – uh, stop letting the teams or, or, or the way that you can do that is have, have a way that we go every single time, be like, look, every single time, this is the order, but guess what? Nobody's allowed to watch. Yeah. That's interesting. The challenge, if the challenge doesn't include every team going at the same time, take everybody, put them somewhere, watch them, make sure nobody goes out to be able to watch how the people are doing the challenges, because I may do something in a way that all of a sudden switches everybody's brain on to be like, Oh shit, I didn't even think about doing it that way, but now I'm going to do it and I'm going to try and do it faster. Right. Or vice versa. But I the counterpoint is like, now what you're saying is correct. Cause on big brother, for instance, when like, you know, you guys have to run into a haunted house and find flags or whatever, you guys do it one at a time. And so nobody has the benefit of seeing how the other person did it or whatever. But on the challenge in older seasons, they made selecting the order part of the advantage that say the person who had the relic hat. So in that instance, it would be okay to show you guys competing because say, you know, in this case, you and Natalie just won the, the relic. If, if the next week you could pick the order, you're going to put Kara and Theo last so they can watch everyone, you know, complete the challenge and then they can do better. So as long as there's a yeah, strategy see, element I, see, to it. I, yeah, I think, yes. I, and I agree 100%. As long as there is, you know, you have to have a reward for being able to, you have, you have to earn something in order to be able to have that benefit in my opinion. Right. I don't think that everybody should just be given that benefit. Um, and I also feel like I, I feel as though when there's timed events, there should be a clock that goes. I think that when people go, there should be a clock that we all can see and it starts and then it stops. Yeah. You know um, what I mean? Well, I say we do it old fashioned Royal Rumble style and they have that little lottery ball that. thing. And then we bring out the Fink. He says, let's see who drew number two. Um, so here we go. Or we could just have a Royal Rumble period. Be Here's a good one. Uh, Paulie, this is from PNC. Or Steel Cage. What, yes, Steel Cage. What do you think would have happened if you had been able to compete on Vendettas? So let's fantasy book that thing. So remember, Kara ends up winning the show. 
It ends up coming down to an individual final. You have Kyle in his yeah. first season. Obviously, Kyle and Kara canoodle a little bit. The strong guys right. on that season were Zach, Tony, Leroy, Brad, who almost made the final there. You had Derek come in with that epic elimination with Joss and take him out, but Joss was doing well. He won that initial 25K. Put yourself in there. Fantasy booked out a little bit and try uh, to be humble here. It would have been your fa- first time out. And remember, there's no redemption house. What happens? Fantasy, fantasy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna book myself back there. First and foremost, um, Carter and Kyle would never have hooked up if I was on Vendettas, and I can guarantee that. Um, only, only from exactly how we got started on Final Reckoning. Um, I think I would have been targeted early, like Joss, because I would have came out of the gate on that Rock of Gibraltar flying and either I would have beaten Joss or, you know, came in second. Um, so that would have put everybody's eyes on me. I would have. Yeah, but you would have definitely uh, been thinking you were going against Shane for the record, huh? but you would have definitely known that thought that you were going against Shane in the elimination in that elimination. So here's, the th- I, cause I you're like, know. I'm thinking that he was like, yeah, I'll go in. Uh, well, I don't even know that. Uh, I don't even know that. Because, you know, people forget that I'm Big Brother. I also had a very, very good social game until my lines flipped on me, right? So I, 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 can, I can assure you that I would have probably worked with Johnny off the gun. And I would have went to him the same way I did on Final Reckoning and said, I hate that people gang up on you. Um, let's ride this out. Like, and, you know, let's do this. Um, and I would, I would, I would have grabbed him and I would have been like, all right, cool. Like who you aligned with? All right. You know, Zach and, and all this stuff. Um, you know, and I, I, I do think in vendettas, I would have had to prove myself 100% in elimination after elimination after elimination. Um, unless of course I was able to win the challenges or if, you know, Johnny, really did take on because from what Johnny told me, he really did trust Victor and wanted to work with Victor, but then Victor, you know, stabbed him in the back and, you know, it showed that Victor did do that. So I wonder if I came in and was able to do that, if I would have been able to be protected by, you know, the guys who were winning. Um, and then when it finally came down to it, like closer to the end, it would have been like, all right, well, you know what? If Paulie doesn't win, we got to throw him into every elimination and see if he can make a final, you know? And then if I make that final, um, as much as I believe Kara is one of the best competitors on the challenge and has, has the chance to win every final she's in. Um, and, and I joke around with her all the time being like, if I was your enemy, you would be public enemy number one for me only because you can win a final if you get there. Um, but I do think I would have, I do think I would have beaten her if I made the final. Um, But it would have been way harder for me to make that final unless I was in with um, Johnny, Zach, and Brad, and uh, Tony, Uh, which would have been a toss-up. Would Johnny have, like, put me in and been like, hey, protect this kid. He's cool. Um, And then would my competitive nature would have been able to speak for itself or would it have been, you know – they throw me in and, you know, they do what they did on Final Reckoning and I'm an individual and then I win and I come back and I'm like, and then I blow up and I'm like, F you, F you, F you, F you, F you. Now, now it's starting, you know, I, I, I can't say, but it would have been much more difficult making it to that final. 
Um, but I wouldn't have needed to hook up with anybody to skate my way to a final. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, there's some fantasy booking there. Uh, and great question. All right. Here's, here's a good one. And this is a little bit controversial, but we've been, you know, this has been brought up quite a few times recently. Joel says, Davon said in the challenge after show that when Kara's is not in the room, you and Kyle get along. Is this true? Would you describe it similarly or is it kind of a, uh, you know, is it more of a complex relationship than we see? Because we get it cut down to the fights and the, and the jabs there. But, but right. is there more to it than that? So after that fight, we both got slapped with fines. So immediately that changes uh, your mentality towards how you uh, look at each other. So from that point on, we looked at each other and we were like, we're coming after each other from a game perspective. Let's tone it down because we are going to end up fighting each other and both getting kicked out. Um, and then, you know, that doesn't help anyone. You know, he goes to me, he goes, Paul, you've got a really good chance of possibly winning this whole thing. He's like, you know, me, he's like, you know, I got Maddie and like, that's it. Um, and, and the problem, the problem with that was it's like, then the game starts to take over and then I would start to go back to the whole, you know, trying to break him and keep him mentally. Cause I would toss around the fact of like, you know, do I want to just kind of be the bigger person here? Or do I want to keep, you know, keep that edge of like stepping on his throat and, and, um, and breaking him mentally. Um, and I would, I would do it until I, you know, I would get talked to by production being like, Hey, can you let up, you know? And I, and I wasn't falling for his victim, you know, playing the victim bullshit. Uh, so it wasn't that because there were times where me, Cara, you know, Kyle and everybody were in a room and like everybody was cordial. There's a difference between being able to be cordial with someone and, you know, being cool with someone. Uh, I think mine and Kyle's respect for one another came from a game standpoint. Um, but that doesn't mean that we have to like each other personally. And it was hard because the whole time up until, uh, you know, up, you know, even it was still going on up until this point, it was like me and Kara couldn't do anything with Kyle without people being like, you know, it's like, Oh, you guys are being mean to Kyle. It's because Carr is obsessed with him. Um, and you know, Oh, you guys are being nice to Kyle. It's because Carr still loves him. Oh, you guys are, you know, uh, joking around now. Oh, well, you know, that that's because, uh, Carr secretly, you know, wants to be, you know, wants, uh, Kyle over you. And, you know, it's like, so it was a lose, lose situation the whole time. And eventually it just got to a point where we were just like, you know what, if we just stay away from each other and like, you know, Kyle was a sneak, he was a snake the whole time. So like he would wait, you know, for Kara to, you know, go to the kitchen or something. And then he'd like run to the kitchen and like, you know, try and say shit to her. And she'd be like, don't fucking talk to me, you know? And then I would sit there and be like, yo dude, you know, like it doesn't have to be weird, but like, that's, you know, why, you know, stop trying to do things that are like not manly. You know what I mean? Like, just be a man, dude. Like, fucking, we could all be cool. We're all adults here, but like, you're kind of acting like a little bitch, you know. And that's my whole thing with that. But you know, look, look at his look at his interviews. I mean, he's he's funny. Like, he's been it's, he's like Johnny. He's like Johnny. Like, whether you whether you think Johnny's a piece of shit or not, Johnny still has funny sound bites. You know, whether you like Davon or not, Davon has funny sound bites. You know, like that's just, that's just it, you know? So like, and especially like when he like, you know, 
jokes about himself being a pussy, like people are going to laugh, you know, it's like, you know, that's, that's my whole thing. Um, you know, and like, nobody saw, like when, when that whole first fight went down and Carr got involved, I pulled Carr to the side and I was like, look, don't get involved in this drama. I was like, people are trying to spin a love triangle narrative. I was like, and you're feeding into it. I was like, and God forbid you accidentally get hit. I was like, then I will have to do something and then I'm going to get kicked off. And I said, and I don't want to be part of a love triangle. So if that's what this is going to be, then I'm just going to separate now. And then she was like, you know what? You're right. Like, let's just, let's just chill. And like, let's just do this. So like, we just chilled, we minded our own business. And then everybody tried to push that narrative. And then, you know, Kyle was trying to play the victim every time we came at him, like they cut out a whole speech I gave in the first tribunal. No, in that second tribunal where we went head to head, I opened that room up like very like, look, this guy has one of the best social games that this game has ever seen. And you all don't realize it because that's how good he is. He, I, I'm eliminating his enemies. I'm, I'm eliminating his allies and he's turning my allies into his allies. I was like, and that's how good his social game is. He's made it to a final, his rookie year on social game alone and, and linking up with the right people, which is not an easy feat. And he's very good at lying. And he's very good at manipulating. He's very good at twisting things, especially in a game setting. And I gave him credit being like, look, eventually he's going to sell you under the bus. And this is why we should get him out because, you know, he's not going to win too many challenges, but he will eliminate you like by stabbing you in the back because he's very good at doing that. And, and that was it. And that was the main point. And then he's the one being like, let's be honest, Paulie. It's because I had sex with car. And I'm like, dude, like, is that like, this is childish. This is like high school. Like I have plenty of reasons from my rookie season as to why I should be coming after you. And Kara is the last of them. Trust me on this. And then he's like, oh, and then he goes into the whole, you know, thing trying to do that. And then that's when I'm sitting there and I poke him by being like the most intimidating thing about your team is Maddie, you know? And then he was like, Oh, come down here and say that. And then the whole thing turns into what it was, you know, but that whole night I was trying to provoke him to hit me, you know, so that he could go home because I would have just laughed. Um, you know, and then they drew, they dragged that out. It really wasn't as serious as everybody makes it seem. And whether Kyle and I can respect each other on a game level, doesn't mean that we have to like each other on a friendship level. It doesn't mean that every time we see each other, we have to puff our chest peacock and be like, yo, let's fight. You know what I mean? Like you can be cordial with your enemies and you know, you, but you still got to realize they're your enemies. And that's what, I, and that's my biggest problem is because so many people try to be like, Oh, this is a fake rivalry. This is this. It's like, once again, that's the narrative that other people are pushing. When I personally believe that the rivalry we have is entertaining as fuck to watch, because if you've watched and paid attention at all this season, it's like, I think I got him. He somehow gets his ass out of it. I think I got him, you know, um, he thinks he's got me. I get myself out of it, you know, and it's this back and forth thing where it's like, you know, who's going to, who's going to end up, end up on top, you know? And it's interesting to see how the dynamic is now shifting. Cause it's like, he had the numbers. I eliminated his numbers with the help of Wes and Hunter right now. He's got the numbers again, you know, and how's this going to play out? You know? Yeah. Um, all right, D. I'll let you close it out with your happy yes. questions. Yes, yes. And, um, I got to go to the gym too, bro. 
Paul, I gotta go tell tell your boy we're both going to the gym right after. Uh, we're going to the gym. We're going to the gym. <laughs> um, everyone knows that I love uh, looking at the the Challenge Universe as this colorful comic book. Um, if you were uh, one of a superhero or supervillain in the Challenge world right now, um, who would you who would you be? Um, who do you think you're most likely like or seem like? And who are the people around you? Like off the top of your head, if like, you know, Johnny's this person, Wes is that person, Hunter's this All person, right. Paul's this so, person, Kyle's that guy. Give me a couple. Just give me a couple. Davon's right. so this one, whatever. Let's see. Uh, in the challenge universe, um, looking at it from a comic book standpoint, um, I think so. Uh, people have compared me to like a lot of a lot of different challenge OGs and, and, and I appreciate that. Um, you know, and, and like, you know, in comparison with that, like they always are calling for the challenge OGs to be the ones to humble me, which I also take as like, so we're like the comic book characters. So I would say, I mean, (laughs) it's kind of hard to not see you as Deadpool because that's how you put yourself. Um, and it's, it's hard to kill you, uh, especially in eliminations. I would say Wes is like a Lex Luthor. Ooh, good one. Um, yeah, I would say CT is like um, I I I was I was either gonna say Hulk or um, Juggernaut. Ooh. Um, then I would I would have car cars Wonder Woman. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Um, only because, you know, she wants to be Harley Quinn and everything, but I know that she's got a heart of gold Uh, um, and everything. And, uh, so, uh, uh, let's see. Johnny, who would I put as Johnny? Uh, let's see. I would say Johnny has the. I would say he's like a, like a Tony Stark character. Ooh. You know, like I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say he's Iron Man because yes. he would never put himself before the world to save it. Um, but his, uh, like the way, like how Tony Stark has those witty, um, you know, funny, you know, persona and everything. And that's Johnny. Um, Kyle. What comes to mind with Kyle in in that universe? I would say Z Peter from Deadpool Two. I think he's <laughs> I, he comes he comes across as more like a group to me. So tall, yeah. A, so he's not baby group, but no, he, he but might I, not be group. He might might be, he might be too much of a good guy. I forget I'm talking his arch nemesis right here. I don't I don't know I you know. It's okay if you don't know. Those are some. Yeah, because I'm trying to think of the char- trying to think of the characteristics and everything. I'd say he's more like. He uh, said Peter. Scott said Peter. The, maybe maybe uh, maybe the Dick. Riddler. Ooh. You know because and and not the fact that like he 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 can he uh, creates the riddles, but he he essentially talks in riddles. You know, and like you have to really pay attention to what he says, how he says it, in order to truly see through what he's doing, which. I've done a very good job of, and he keeps everybody 
in his riddles. You know what I mean? And like, they, they really can't, they can't figure them out. And, uh, and that's it. Uh, let's see who, who are some staples that I'm missing. I'm drawing a blank now. It's all right. It's look, it, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be everybody. It's, it, it, it's all good because like, I, you know, some people just come to mind. So it, this, this just yeah. works with some people. You know what I mean? All right. Well, great question yeah. to go out on. I guess that makes me Thanos because I'm going to snap and put this thing to an end here. Paulie, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. And uh, good luck the rest of the season solo down the road. And uh, we'll get you back on to unpack this thing. Don't know how long the story goes for you. When do you guys head over to the UK for that reunion? We leave tomorrow. Awesome. Well, good luck. Yes. Make sure Thank you bank you. some Challenge Mania episodes for that long flight. And, uh, yeah, dude, we'll talk to you soon. Appreciate you coming I've on. I've got some. No, of course, guys. Yeah, Thank tell you. the uh, family we say hello. Tell Mama Calfiori uh, we wish her the best. <laughs> well, you know she'll be listening. <laughs> yeah. Take care, and, brother. Uh, anything you want to plug? Oh, man, I mean, if you guys haven't checked out my podcast, check out the uh, the Lions mentality. You know, I'm bringing on a lot of different people, and it's cool to see their perspectives on uh, success and how they've gotten through their obstacles. Um, and you get to learn a little bit about them, not just from a reality standpoint, but I'm bringing on some really awesome fitness people. Um, I have uh, future episodes booked with uh, Jenna Jameson, uh, Sean T, and the TJ Lavin. Um, so we're just, I'm just trying to get those, uh, hammered down before I may or may not have to, uh, go on vacation. Awesome, brother. Well, hopefully that is a, uh, vacation that is stress-free, doesn't include any bumps and bruises along the way. And that your nemesis doesn't join, uh, join you on as well. Uh, or at least not all of them. Uh, thank you, brother. And as you said, check out the Lions mentality. And, uh, dude, say what you will about Paulie Calfiore. He's a hell of a teammate. And part of what comes with that is his ability to inspire as he inspired Natalie and got them all the way to the final on Final Reckoning. You do a lot of that on your podcast. So check it out, the Lions mentality. Appreciate it, boys. All right, Yo, brother. Thanks, brother. Thanks, dude. Of course. Peace. Calviori coming in with, I think, I mean, less than 10 for sure. Maybe even less than five F-bombs. I think between us, we didn't, we, we had less than five F-bombs. I think whoever had the over in that bet lost for sure. Yeah. If you're playing the F-bomb drinking game today, you probably don't even have a buzz going. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yes, uh, I thought uh, a pretty level-headed appearance for Mr. Calfiori, and I hope uh, we did not, you know, I, I hope that people continue to listen to our show and give our listeners the benefit of the doubt. I know when it's a first-time guest, it's one thing. But even a repeat guest like Paulie, you know, I know we had some hard-pass Harrys here who said, you know what, not for me. But I hope that some of them reconsider because I think he might have won back some fans with this one. What would you think, D? I mean, I just like hearing the insight. You know, it's like everybody has a different game. Everybody, you know, comes into the, comes into the challenge world with, you know – different people that they have to go against different egos that they have to, you know, sift through, um, different people, you know, making them a target, you know? Um, and, and don't get me wrong. Like at times, you know, myself, I've been there, you know, Paulie's, you know, sort of, you know, it, it became a target for at least Kyle, you know? Um, I just like the way we get to these people come on challenge mania and we get to take, 
take a look, take a view from their eyes, from their mindset, from their brain as to how they're seeing it all, you know? And no, we're not going to like everybody, you know, but, but at the same time, it's like, like you said, if I'm an eight year old and I'm watching the challenge, like I'm rooting for this guy a little bit here. Right. Yeah, um, I mean, look, he's a great competitor. He's a great maybe a teammate. Maybe a 13-year-old. Maybe a 13-year-old. Sure, but I, I, it goes back to like the superhero thing. It goes back when, when I the reason I always say the thing about the kid is because kids like you know people who succeed. They like the heroes. They like you know the good guys almost. You know, yeah. and and I, my, it's my way of saying that on the show, Paulie comes off that way. A lot of the heelish stuff involving him is ancillary. It's the everyday stuff. It's the Twitter stuff. It's the clapbacks. It's the, yeah. the stuff between him and Carr in the off season. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys noticed we we made a, a gut call, or at least I did, and didn't direct the interview in that way. We didn't talk a lot about that because that ship has sailed they're back together like it or not and there's no reason to go back and relive all that stuff and so we decided not to do it so we might have some people who say how are you gonna have paulie on for two hours and not talk about oh why'd yeah. you do this why'd you do that why'd you lie yeah. about that but guess what i made a gut call let's put that all there's no reason it's not going to change anything car is not going to listen to this episode and say you know what all right actually paulie we're done so what's the point so we actually we talked about the challenge instead i hope you guys are okay with that and, and and actually, like, you know, we kind of ran out of time. We went a long time and I, I've got a bunch of questions. Like, I'm still interested in, in seeing, like, what kind of athletes he grew up, like, emulating, you know, emulating. Is that a, 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 the right word? Emulating is the right word, D. Right. Um, yeah, I, I want to know, like, you know, where he gets his fire from, like who he, he you know, you know, who his characteristics from athletes perspective, where they come from, you know, because. He's an athlete. He's got a lot of fire. He works. He busts his ass. It sounds like he doesn't drink either. So, um, you know, he's it's interesting. So, again, like I said before, during the podcast, like I like looking at it from like an inside the inside stuff type of perspective. I know there's a little bit more, um, you know, chaos going on than your average Saturday morning cartoons. But like. He's one of the athletes that goes out there. He puts it all out, out on the line. Sometimes you don't like the way Ocho Cinco, you know, acts on the sideline or outside. You know, I mean, some people take it too far and you may not like those things and their responses you may not like. And, and that's OK. But uh, in the end, it's like he's coming on here. He's sharing. Uh, he's sharing his stories and it's a different perspective. And that's. That's all we could ask for. Yeah. Speaking of different perspectives, this Wednesday, we will be joined by Melinda Collins, everybody. She'll be giving us her perspective on War of the Worlds when D, myself, and Melinda enter the war room. And that's Wednesday night after War of the Worlds. If you want to be a part of the conversation, ask us questions right after the episode or during the episode that we will answer right after. And that podcast goes up Wednesday night for you to enjoy either late that night or on your morning commute on Thursday. Real-time responses and commentary for this season, War of the Worlds. We really appreciate it. Just one of the reasons to consider becoming a Challenge Mania patron over at patreon.com slash Challenge Mania. As you know, our store is always open, the Challenge Mania shop, challengemania.shop. We will have some new stuff in there. I've been working with Craig Marrier. I also just got in the mail some Challenge Mania bumper stickers. Going to try to figure out how to uh, give away some of those coming up soon, and we might have some for purchase. They say challenge accepted. Way to let the person behind you on the road know that whatever they got for you, whether they're trying to cut you off, whether they want to pass on the highway, whether at that red light they're going to look next to you and rev that engine that no matter what it is 
what it is. Maybe they just want that the pizza delivered in 10 minutes or less. Challenges accepted. Challenge accepted bumper stickers are coming to you. And we're going to have some really cool designs come to challengemania.shop. I know I've been promising this for weeks, but I promise they are coming soon. Also, as I mentioned, Game of Thrones Photoshop contest. Get us your best Game of Thrones, whether song parodies or photoshops, whatever you want. Get creative. Game of Thrones meets the challenge, meets Challenge Mania. Get us something cool because Game of Thrones is back this Sunday. I know you're pumped, D. I'm pumped as well. And uh, just like we've been losing members of the challenge every episode here on War of the Worlds, I have a feeling we're going to be losing some uh, beloved cast members on Game of Thrones in the coming weeks as well. Mm. It's going to be sad. Who do you predict uh, dies this season, D? Uh, Ashley, Johnny, and CT. Oh, shit, that already happened. I meant on Game of Thrones, but well done. It's going to be like that. It's going to be like that, man. It's going to be just like that. All right. Thank you guys so much. Hit us up on Twitter at Shot of Jaeger. He's at Derek MTV on all platforms, but on Instagram, I'm at Scott of Jaeger, Facebook.com slash Challenge Mania Podcast. And once again, join the pod squad, everybody. Patreon.com slash Challenge Mania. The War Room coming to you in a couple days with Melinda Collins. Let Paulie Calafiori know if you heard him on the show at Paul Calafiori underscore. Check out Paulie's podcast, as he mentioned, The Lion's Mentality. Oh, yeah. The lion's mentality. Pull the killer for your year. Dig a, it. St- a Stark's going to die. He's a got Stark's that lion mentality, baby. With, with Stark's going to die. Can't you see Stark's going to die? I got to pick one, baby. Yep. Are you Stark? Sounds a Stark. What Stark you got, baby? Sapphire Stark. One of the brothers, the little brothers, is going to die. One of the little brothers. There's only one little brother left. Rick on is, is already dead. And Bran is the three-eyed raven. So <sighs> How'd the other one die? Uh, he got shot with an arrow because he didn't zigzag when he ran that fly route, courtesy of Ramsey Bolton. Remember that? I don't. That's Remember really he, weird. he told him to run to John right before the Battle of the Bastards. He tells him tells him to run to John, and he just starts running, and then he shoots an arrow, and it goes through his heart, and then John runs out to go greet his dying brother, and then they charge at Jon Snow. That's what leads to that epic shot of John just facing the entire army in the center oh, of the screen. I don't know why I don't remember that. You should watch that episode again. It's called Battle of the Bastards. I know. I remember the Battle of the Bastards. I just don't remember the the brother dying. Rickon, no longer with us. Dang. It's probably because he's the least memorable character in the history of Game of Thrones. I heard that Rickon actually went up to Bran early on and said, hey, we should get into an argument to get some camera time. And Bran that's, was like, that's stupid. No. All right, thank you guys. Pod Squad, Wednesday nights, War of the Worlds, The War Room, over at patreon.com slash challengemania. Thank you, baby. Alright guys, this ends your time here on Challenge Mania. Take care of yourselves and hopefully we'll see you in the future.